I mean, respectfully, guys, I don't, I find this, a lot of this offensive. Gary Hoffman. You're coming to some serious conclusions for a guy that has zero intelligence. Shannon Farron. Gary. We have nothing to hide. Shannon. Shameful and wrong. Gary and Shannon. That's what you guys should be writing. You're from Boston. I think eight years old, and this is this is a lot coming from me. Eight years old is too young okay. to be going on an f bomb tirade, love, even if it is at a football game. I love that you even cast if aspersions. The Patriots are down by twenty eight or twenty five. It was twenty eight to three, right? It was when Mark the, Wahlberg's the, kid. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. So Mark Wahlberg is like the biggest Patriots fan ever, Mister Boston, right? And everybody knew about it when he left the Super Bowl early before the Patriots had that turnaround, right? Hashtag poor Matt Ryan. (laughs) And the story went that his son was sick. Well, the news today was that the real story is this kid was throwing a tantrum where he wouldn't stop saying the F word. And it it got to be the so bad that they had to leave the Super Bowl because yeah, this little kid wouldn't stop saying "f this, f that, f, f Tom Patriot, Brady. f Tom Brady." And, and, you, and I, a, I assume okay, so a part of me gets it right. Like I, I get, I, I feel for this little kid. I've been at games where I've felt this way. Not when you were eight. Not when I was eight, though. And what was more offensive to Mark Wahlberg, the f bomb or the f Tom Brady? Right. Like, which one of those which was, was, was the one that, that was, was like, time I'm leave. having no yeah. more of this. Time I to, am out. Time and then to missing, leave the building. And then missing the comeback. Right. Okay, so I know that when you're an eight-year-old and you've got Mark Wahlberg as a father, you're probably exposed <laughs> to a lot of Fs and other, and other colorful phrases. Sure. But as a kid, you shouldn't be allowed to say that, right? In front of your parents? In front of your parents until you're... Might be a question 15. for uh, no for Justin later when he comes and talks about parenting stuff. Yeah, when is you know, it? Does he, well, no, no, because he no. pinched him in the back of the because uh, he doesn't have a problem swearing in front of his kids. I've seen him swear in front of his kids. Yeah, I, it's even, one, I, even but, I'm like, well, here's the thing. But though. How do you handle your kid when they're having a tantrum in uh, public? I see. Well, that and it's one thing to swear in front of your kids. Hell. That's your own prerogative. I don't think that's a sin to swear in front of your kids. Right. But it, the problem is, is when the kids start swearing back to you. You know what I mean? Like, when is it okay for your kids to swear back to you or for your kids to go on a tantrum with F this, F that? F Tom Brady. You know what I mean? And I think eight (laughs) is too young. Like That may be a line. It might be a line. (laughs) We'll actually, we'll fill in the details of that story a little bit later in the show. There's a bunch going on. The U.N. has voted to condemn the president's decision to recognize Jerusalem. That's making headlines back east right now and, uh, well, all around the world. A couple of people now arrested in that car attack in Australia. A guy drove his car through a crowd. I mean, the, the story is the same. Thankfully, only 19 people injured. But two people arrested, not just the driver, but a guy who was nearby. We'll explain a little bit later, in fact, the bottom of this hour. And the update on the Thomas fire, very, very windy once again. More uh, 40, 50, 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts 
through the area of the Thomas Fire. It's now 272,200 acres, which is officially the second largest fire since the uh, early 30s, since the Depression in California. It's 60% contained and just uh, about 1,000 acres to go before it becomes the largest fire we've seen in 80-plus uh, in years. But we start with a death. Can I have some death oh, music? let me find the death music. Right I'm going to need death music okay. for this. Explain what the, what the death music is. I'm very sad about this. Why? This was the first story I saw today and the one that's made me the saddest. You think it was because affect you the way, that, uh, the way that it is. I don't know if it's because my elf and this elf share the same name, but it hit hard. There's a mother from Wiley, Texas, Brittany Meese. And she hates the elf on the shelf. It hates the damn thing. Well, says everybody hates the damn thing. That's what you No, Brittany. Not everybody hates the damn thing. I love my elfus. Wow. I didn't know you named it. Yep. My, Are you supposed to name them? Sure. Everything gets a name. You know this. Well, not everything gets a name. But go on. Brittany doesn't like hiding Elphis or, or moving Elphis. Let me see if I can make her louder. Everybody hates the damn thing. It's a little bit better. No, you're wrong, Brittany. Where is the joy in your heart? She's got a five-year-old uh, and uh, a kid that's a little older. I don't know how old. Nine. Thanks, Blake. A five-year-old and a nine-year-old. The, the five-year-old's a little girl. Nine-year-old's a little boy. Little boy seems to love their elf, which they also named Elphis. And... She got tired of moving Elphis because it's so difficult to move an elf around once a day. And yeah, but the thing, when when does elfing season start? Like when when are you supposed to first set? Sorry, when does the elf first come to visit you? Uh, usually right December first. Okay, yeah. December. So that's twenty four days, right? That you as a parent, I'm sorry. That's 24 days that the elf has to figure out where he's going to hide. That's not too much to ask, right? I can come up with about six off the top of my head. If I sat down and worked at it, in your I'll do house, 12. There's six, there's enough places in the yoga room. No. That's, but, come on. So she says that on December 1st, their elfish showed up with a broken leg. <laughs> Which isn't true, but she she said he had a broken leg, so she didn't have to move him for fourteen days. How lazy is that? That I love. No. Yeah. No. That no. That is that's... lazy. The kids look forward to Elphis and his movements for the entire year. You can't even do the first fourteen days. But why did Elphis have a broken leg? Because those little rat punks wouldn't pick up their toys, and he tripped on them. That's a perfect lesson. If they're not going to listen to you as a parent to make them pick up their toys, maybe they'll listen to the broken leg of an elf. You know what? An elf, I don't think you need you know to break Elphis's leg. Do you to know teach what an elf femur sounds like when it snaps? Stop it! You stop it. Sounds so like you're for, eating a, a so, single cheese. Is. So for 14 days, Elphis didn't get to move. He was on bed rest with a broken leg that she broke, and he screamed in elfin pain. Kids patiently waited and noticed when the 14-day bed rest had come to an end. And they wanted to know, where's Elphis? Where is Elphis? He can move now. So she throws Elphis in the oven and thinks, I'll move him later. She forgets about Elphis. 
In the oven? And she preheats it. Okay. Hold on. And she kills Elphis. She's the worst mother who ever lived. Let me here here is uh, here is Brittany. And then I just panicked because they were coming around, so I just grabbed him and tossed him in here really fast. Yesterday I preheated the oven for pasta and didn't think to look. <laughs> what an apple! <laughs> Wait a minute. These kids. You don't understand the bond that people feel with their Elphis. Oscar, Oscar, can we get can we get a call into Shannon's husband really quick? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, at least you don't have to live. You you have to deal with me for four hours a day. You you don't know what that man has to deal with. <laughs> he he pays me well for those four hours. <laughs> Let's just say that. And I started to smell something super funky. <laughs> and then this was this was her direct quote: "F the elf." The effing elf is in the oven. That was her direct. And I said my colorful words. By then, when the kids heard the word elf, they thought that he had magically reappeared. Uh, Wait a minute. They didn't hear the F word. They heard the elf word. You got that? They thought that Elphis was back. They don't care that mommy's screaming the F word in the kitchen. It's they. Did you say elf? Yeah. Did you say elf? It's like the Wahlberg house. By then, when the kids heard the word elf, they thought that he had magically reappeared. Mm. I started to grab him out, and the kids were like, don't touch him, he'll lose his magic. (laughs) So I was like... Is that a rule, too? Yes. You can't touch him. Right. Crap, he's going to lose his magic. And we were trying to, like, wiggle him out with utensils. (laughs) And his head flew off. One screamed, one cried, one asked if Santa would fix him, and then the other one was glad that he would no longer tell on her. <laughs> what a good what that a, little spy bastard got what was coming to him. <laughs> what a like, nightmare. I feel like there's a lot more going on in this household than oh, just yes. that elf on a shelf. Yeah. Where's oh. Dr. Wendy when you need her on this one? <laughs> oh, I just want to play rap elf music now. Elf on the shelf, elf, elf on the shelf, elf on the shelf, I'm the elf on the shelf, elf on the shelf, and I'm here to stay. I'm gonna watch you till Christmas Day. Just to make toys for the good girl. And the story is also that Elf is, in your case, Elphis. Elphis. Is a scout elf, right? Right, and, and it will tell Santa if you're doing bad stuff. So when you woke up today, mm-hmm. where was Elphis? Elphis was on uh, the top of the kitchen. Time out. Time out. He's a climber. Time my, out. My Elphis is a climber. <laughs> so I need everyone to, to acknowledge that when I asked you where Elphis was, <laughs> your face lit up and your voice changed. This is okay, not a... So this is the thing. I, uh, I'm not a big... I used to not be a big Christmas fan. Okay. My husband is a huge Christmas fan. Loves Christmas. He's the one who becomes a little kid around Christmas, right? Does he color coordinate so, the wrapping paper with the ornaments on the tree and then tell you that you can't put a red bow on that box? No, but when I wrapped your present last night, I made sure not to use a red ribbon. Uh, just to be careful. All right. But anyway, I got him the elf on the shelf years ago because I thought he would enjoy it. Right. Because he's a little kid at Christmas. Sure. It'll be something fun. Everyone's doing it. And then I, I forgot to hide the damn thing. You know what I mean? I take just it out of the box. In the box? I just, oh. Yeah, he was in the box for a year or two. And then uh, <laughs> I brought him out. And I was like, oh, look, it's Elf on the Shelf. And then I didn't move it. So uh, the roles got reversed. And now uh, the Elf has magic 
magically moves for me. But for and, you? Yeah. And you don't know how he moves? Okay. I want to play this again because it cracked me up. Oh, my gosh. Can I just read a tweet really quick? Yes. I love how Shannon, who has lost zero brain cells to raising cherubs, is calling a mom lazy for giving up on the stupid elf on the shelf. <laughs> Way to take a joke. <laughs> And Merry Christmas yes, to you. And, and Merry Christmas. Stick it in your stocking. And I started to smell something super funky. <laughs> I panicked and I said my colorful words. By then, when the kids heard the word elf, they thought that he had magically reappeared. I didn't say elf, kids. I said F. I started to grab him out and the kids were like, don't touch him. He'll lose his magic. <laughs> so I was like, crap, he's going to lose his magic. And we were trying to like wiggle him out with utensils. <laughs> Wait. And his head flew off. One screamed, one cried, one asked if Santa hey, would fix him. And then the other one was glad that <clears throat> he we, would no longer tell. Did we have her. to relive that again? <laughs> I love that. So cool. All right, coming up next. The top that's that we have Super Summer. Oh. Yeah, can you believe it? Oh, that's why you played Is it that... again? You want to play it one more time? I could. Let's do it. I'll play a little bit of it as we go through because it's very um, cool. These are funny. The top selling Amazon products. Oh, my gosh. I So when you go... Shopping now, like if you're that last minute shopper person and you go anywhere online, you're going to find gifts that they promise will be shipped in time for Christmas. You know, you got to you got to pay 80 bucks for a five dollar toy, but it's going to be shipped in time for Christmas. Uh, All of these lists are bad, except this one. And I've gone through some of these. It. I would not. First of all, if you get any of these, you know that they shopped after Thursday. So just just think, remember that on Christmas morning, you're unwrapping your presents. They bought these after today. Although, everybody loves dude wipes. Dude wipes, what are those? Dude wipes are flushable, unscented, moistened wipes. Thank what, God they're unscented. What do you wipe with them? I suppose you could wipe anything you wanted with them. But since it has the flushable on it, Shannon, I would hope that you would figure it out. Just the hot spots? Stop. <laughs> it's probably a hot spot wipe. So it's just like a moist wipe of toilet paper. It's just a baby wipe branded for, for, men, for adult, men. Adult for men, yeah. For dudes. And they uh, charge 20 bucks for it? I don't remember how much it is. It's two eighty three. Oh, it's a bargain. Amy, I'd like you to, you know, bone up on your dude wipe price points. Oh, look at you can get them at Target. It's nine; they're nine ninety nine. Not on Amazon. Oh, uh, you're right. Oh, they're only two ninety eight at Walmart. But oh, you get wow. a bigger pack. By the way, they also have. Uh, <laughs> you did have, just do a deep dive on those. They have so branded these flushable wipes. There's one now uh, that I saw the other night that was called Boogie Wipes, which is supposed to be for for snotty nosed kids. And it comes in a green package, of course. This next gift, I feel like somebody gave this to me at some point. What? The drop stop? Yeah, the car seat gap filler. I don't like those. Although, this was a shark tank no, a shark thing, tank, yeah. Uh, where you put it between where your seat hits the, uh, in that little gap where your seat hits the center console. And then your phone does not fall down the cracks. Well, it falls down into the gap stop. Or drop stop, but it doesn't fall all the way down to where you're trying to reach all the way behind your seat at the same time. That's available for, uh, gosh, that, that'll run you 
$19. Slime storage containers. My niece gave me a container of slime a couple weeks ago. She It, it had glitter in it. And the she homemade said slime? It, yeah, she said it was unicorn poop. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have some experience with a slime storage container. Your, Maybe you need the dude wipes to your, clean up the uh, yeah. unicorn poop. Has your elf gotten stuck in your unicorn poop? No. Oh. Uh, the Exploding Kittens card game. This is supposed to be very fun. Hey. And I've seen it in one uh, one or two different great uh, board game card game lists. This seems like one bucks. of those games where it's a see something, say something game. Where if you find a group of uh, young guys playing this, you can just round them up and throw them in prison. No, 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 no. A it, card game for people who are into kittens and explosions. And laser beams and sometimes goats. Like serial killers. no. I don't think the the point is to blow up the cat. Then why is it called exploding kittens? They just happen to explode at point at certain points. I don't think that's the. the I case. don't think that's good. Uh, the winter snow bag. If you live in Southern California, you don't know what snow is. You can buy it on Amazon for six bucks. Four liters of plastic snow. Just I. You can. You don't have to. How about pop uh, pop sockets? Expanding stand and grip. What, how does this work? Do you you don't have it on your phone anymore. Oh, but it's a little thing that sticks on the back of the phone. Yeah. And then we saw Elizabeth Espinosa. She has it okay. on her phone. And, and then the, what is it? So it, when it's collapsed, it's just flat on the back of your phone. It's not a big deal. But then it pops out, so it's got that sort of conical shape right uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. And you could stick your fingers like that and hold your phone. It's oh. like a collapsible hand, it's like a hand little, holder for yeah. your phone. Because we can't just hold our phone? But to the tune of $10 a piece, this pop socket thing is making somebody a billionaire. And some people have little tiny hands and they can't, like, full grip it. Oh. I think I, I think Handel did a success from scratch on that thing. The pop socket? Yeah. I think you're right. And it comes in all the different colors and you can get it to match your, your can this not cover be, and everything. Can this next thing not be a thing? Well, you're going to have to ask. The beanie tail, soft stretch, cable knit, messy high bun, ponytail, beanie hat. That's a lot of names. It's a beanie with a hole in the back so you can put your ponytail through. For Blake. Oh, no. No, Amy. No, Amy. You've said that. We've, for one click purchase now. No. (laughs) Not for 18 bucks. No, sir. Um, Blake, if you come to work wearing one of these things. (laughs) A beanie tail, so soft stretch, cable knit, messy, high bun, ponytail, beanie hat. Oh, you said work, not dinner. I'll see you tonight. No. Wow. You get no you're food. Gonna, yeah, you're going to be at a different table. <laughs> uh, Haribo original gold bears gummy candy, five pound bag of gummy bears. Well, I think I did buy a five pound bag of M&M's. That would be $13. The That's not bad. are good, aren't those? The those are the original. Ones? Oh. Yes. So, I mean, it's not just the gold color. It's the gold bears. It says original gold. So it's all of the colors, but that's the original version. Mm. Do not, by the way, do not buy the sugar-free. Why? They will blow you up from the inside. Really? They will turn you into a nuclear waste facility. Really? Oh, my gosh. Do you have a story to share? Uh, no. Yes. But... During the break, I'm going to ask you to go to Amazon, look up the oh, sugar-free the gummy bear reviews. I've read those. But sugar-free candy will destroy mm. you. It will destroy you from the inside. God put sugar in candy for a reason. Mm-hmm. So are you saying then you would use the dude wipes after eating the, the you sugar-free would need a, You would need candy? a dude towel after okay. that. Uh, squatty potty. Toilet stool. 
This is for kids, right? Please no. tell me it's no. for no. what? No, no, no. What? It's, not, it's another shark tank. No. It's not a stool. No. no. I mean, it, it's a stool, but it's not like, oh, I can't reach the potty. I need to walk up on the stool to sit. Why do you need a stool for the potty? All right, I'm going to do a quick demonstration here, and I apologize for what you're about to see. But when you sit, prepare the wipes to do things <laughs> on the toilet to make a poopy. Supposedly, grunty. you're grunty. The, the correct. <laughs> did you never see the unicorn commercial or the squatty potty? The unicorn. I thought it makes was the for ice cream? children. No. Why is it not for children? Your 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 legs are supposed to be at a higher angle to effectuate proper disposal. Can you never do that again? I just, I said, I'm. it's an awkward demonstration I'm about to do. Do you have one of these at home? No. Do, do you that, want one? But my wife has given, I would say, 10 of them, 12 of them. Oh, really? Oh, for, for Christmas? Here's the thing. A couple of years ago, she got one and took it to one of, like, the white elephant gift thing, where it was uh, four or five different couples, and we would all get, like, I brought a gift for a guy, and she'd bring a gift for a woman, and then you'd go through and pick your gifts. That was the most popular and traded for gift. Yes, my uh, on last week our Bible study, same thing. Everybody was trying hard for that thing, including this guy. Okay, so much with that story. Feel like do you feel at the end of a time with a squatty, like an episode with a squatty potty? You're like, what have I been doing wrong? Is yeah. it really that life-changing? I don't have one yet. That's my point. Like, no. I, wanted to ex- how do you- I wanted to see if that would be my reaction. I wanted to know what that experience was like. You could just stack up some books by your toilet. You we're get gonna get, now we're going to get tweets from people who... Can't you just hold your knees? Just Gloria all read it and just put books on the floor. Uh, okay. I, I just think the gift-giving idea, though, like, hi, you remind me of sitting on the toilet. Here's a... Pre- present yeah. for you. It just it doesn't you, have that warm I love fuzzy. you so it's, much. It's more like I'm concerned about your movements. Here <laughs> is something to help. Let me with. just say, I feel bad because I haven't gotten any of you this because I am not concerned about your movements. Are you guy? Are you upset now that I'm not concerned? Well, it's about? never come up. I've never heard anybody Thankfully, in this circle talk about issues with their movements. Thankfully, right? Do you have something to say? I don't know. I'm trying to read the look the on your break. face. I in don't the know break. What, I don't know what it means. We'll do it in the break. <laughs> anyway, those are some great Christmas gifts if you're looking at some of the top-selling weird oh, Amazon things. By the way, mm-hmm. the last item on the list, the Himalayan pink salt lamp, I have one of those, and I enjoy it thoroughly. I love mine. Yeah, I adore it. Yeah. I feel like it, it gives me power. And it it produces negative ions or something. It's supposed to be good for your respiratory system. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Himalayan pink salt lamp. It's just a big rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it lights up. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's nice for like a bedroom uh, like night light. You sleep with a night light? Uh, Himalayan salt lamp light. Sleep you have a, a problem with that? Yeah, you got a problem with that? And I got a problem with your elf on the shelf licking the salt he has lamp to go to bed. a name. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. More of this coming up. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk coming up in about a half an hour. Justin Worship, host of the Dad Podcast, joins us all about Christmas Day. 
And when does the first fight land? What is it about? Just give me an idea of how to schedule your day. Maybe uh, know where some of these speed bumps are going to come up and how to avoid them. Also brought to you back, brought back to you by popular demand, Terror in the Skies. I love that segment. I do too. One of the is it because you get to put on your flight jacket? It's because uh, call me Maverick. <laughs> it's because I know that you have to deal with airports a lot more than I do, yeah. and it makes me laugh to think of you in a lot of these situations. Like, what would Shannon do? Makes me makes me laugh. Yeah, felony is usually the answer. <laughs> Bail. Bail is a word that comes to mind. To Sydney we go. Sydney, Australia. Australian police say there is no evidence of a terrorist link. So the guy who rammed his car in central Melbourne left 19 people injured. Rammed his car through pedestrians on a busy street. The police say the driver is an Australian citizen of Afghan descent who has a known history of drug use and mental health issues. Okay. Um I think we run into this when we talk about what terrorism is and how we define it. Why why does there have to be a link to in this case religious fanaticism? I think is what they're saying is that there's no there's no link necessarily to a larger terrorist group or terrorist ideology. If his if his goal is to roll through a, a Christmas crowd of 35 40 people, that's a terroristic act. But define. I don't know how they define it in Australia. Well, that's what I mean. But it's, here, it's it to be terrorism. It's got to be they want to change in government. They're mad at what the government's doing or something of that nature. There's a political or a religious political or religious reason, reason right. behind it, right? Okay. Well, in that case, uh, the police earlier had said that uh, 14 people injured, but there was a, a Victorian premier who confirmed that there were 19 people taken to hospitals. Four listed in critical condition included a preschool age child. We believe that's a four year old. Now. This guy ran through this crowd and then crashed his little Suzuki, I think it was, into one of those concrete pillars that's out in front of a bus station or a train station. And once the car was disabled, an off-duty cop rolled up and wrestled this guy out of the car. Yeah, he wasn't the only one. There was a couple people, apparently, that just made sure he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, There was a 24-year-old man who was seen filming all of this on his mobile phone. And when they went to him and said, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Or however they say that in Australia. They found a bag containing three knives as well. So they arrested that guy also. So there's two guys arrested. They don't know if he's connected. At least they haven't said at this point if he's connected. But this is not out of the realm of possibility that... This crazy guy tells a buddy, hey, meet me at this place. I'm going to run my car through a crowd, and I want you to record it so that we can send it to our terroristic overlords and let them praise our work. Or it's just a guy on the street filming the whole thing like everybody does these days with their phones and happens to have three knives on him. That's totally plausible. Uh, The investigation will involve— Wait a minute. It just happens to have three knives on him? How many knives do you have on you right now, Blake? Blake has one. Just one? Just one? I bet there's people in here uh, in this building that have more than one knife. If we on got them. in my truck, I'd have three. Exactly. When's the last time you used three knives in one day, Blake, outside of your kitchen? Um, I rest my case. It's been a while. I think when they, I worked in that no, meat I, department, I used a lot of them. You don't have to use three knives, just carry them. Uh, the forces. Are you, is he licensed to carry three? 
I think a lot of guys on? have knives on, like a like a pocket knife or a switchblade or whatever. I don't think that's odd. Not a switchblade. I think it's odd. I mean, the the knife that he has is a utility knife. That's not an odd thing. The well, one that this, they, the one that they made me give up at the bar in Philadelphia because you wanted to go in there. I want to go in there. I that was I wasn't the one knife. on the pole that night. That was you. That was also after I gave up the knife. Uh. The forces counterterrorism unit will be involved to ensure that there is no terrorism connection and that there's no ongoing threat. But this was a guy who was on a mental health plan. He was receiving treatment for his mental illness. He's a crazy person who ran his car into a crowd, it looks like. And this is not unusual for Melbourne. Unfortunately, back in January, there were six people killed, 30 injured when a car was driven up on a, a footpath, they call it, near near where this one took place today. Police arrested that driver. Um, That person also said that they had a history, or I should say police also said that that guy had a history of drug use, family violence, mental health problems, and that case was not terrorism-related either. So, But but most of the other car incidents that we see, people running cars through crowds, tend to be related to terrorism in some way. Uh, When we come back, the top news story of the year, as voted on by news professionals... What do you think it was? Oh, I know what it was because I saw the. Oh. But we'll tell you what it was. If you didn't know, what would you guess it was? The Trump presidency, I would have said, would probably, because that's the what everybody can't get over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody wants to talk about it. All right. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. Thursday, December 21st, uh, first day of winter. Oh, you're right. That's why it's so cold. Shortest day of the year. It is. It was uh, 37, I think, this morning. 60 degrees, I think, for the high in Burbank. Yeepers. Yeepers? Let's see. Let's see what it's like in, uh, uh, I don't know. (laughs) East Rutherford. (laughs) Right now. I think it'll be fine. It's 39. That's not bad. That's fine. 44 on Sunday. That's warmer than it was in Kansas City, isn't it? Um, Or it's about the same. Yeah, about the same. We'll be fine. Listen, fine. You. I got lucky. You got lucky this year. There were a couple of opportunities for you to get. I took the sunshine with me. Mm? Oh, boy. The. AP Top Stories poll was first conducted back in 1936, and they chose, they asked news editors all around the world about the top stories of the year, and every year they come up with the top 10 stories. Now, barring some sort of ridiculous thing happening in the next several days, this is going to be the uh, the final list. Uh, the 10th, and we'll go reverse order here, the 10th was uh, ISIS. And the fact that it looks like ISIS doesn't have any significant territory in either Syria or Iraq, which makes them just IS instead of ISIS. So they do have other affiliates, of course, Egypt, Afghanistan, Libya. They continue to move. But 
definitely not the caliphate that they thought they were going to have. Number nine was the worldwide terror attacks. First big terror attack of this year came on twenty uh, on the New Year's Day at a nightclub in Istanbul. And then you had the Ariana Grande concert, a bike path in New York City, the La Rambla Promenade in Barcelona in October, a Somalia truck bombing that killed more than 500 people, if you can believe that. And then last month, a crowded mosque in Egypt, more than 300. The eighth largest was the one that just finally took place yesterday, officially, the tax overhaul. That was one of the big stories, a billion and a half, sorry, trillion and a half dollar tax overhaul. Obamacare is up next at number seven because of Congress's fail to repeal Barack Obama's health care law and replace it with a new plan. You thought as soon as Republicans took control of the White House and Congress, this would be a no-brainer. They they complained about it for eight years. You thought they'd have something in the wings ready to go. We found out they didn't. No. Uh, number six was the Trump-Russia probe. And a lot of this is getting publicity today because there is more concern that the president is going to try to fire Robert Mueller, although I haven't seen any reason to believe that he would other than the people kind of behind the scenes saying, whatever you do, don't do it. North Korea's number five, of course, the uh, the taunting and the potential nuclear uh, issue that's been going on with North Korea at number five. And, of course, Dennis Rodman most recently telling us <laughs> right. nobody's got their finger on the button. This is all just a fun back and forth relax because but, but that's that's where we get our uh, voice of reason, yes. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> exactly. <Thank you. laughs> Las Vegas mass shooting, of course, that video poker player. Unleashing a torrent of gunfire upon that festival, they're killing 58 people along the strip. And and still, the most unsettling is perhaps the fact that we don't understand the guy's motives. We don't, don't know, know exactly motive. why he did this. Uh, I was right, well, kind of, that the president's first year in office mm. became uh, a big story. Did was I the ask second you largest what story. was number two on the list? No. Well. Well, because I knew what number one was. Okay. All right. No, you get you get half credit. Okay, you get a three quarters credit. Thank you. I'll You're take welcome. it. Welcome. Number one. That's a drum roll. That's a really bad drum roll. I know. Sexual misconduct. All of these scandals that involve misdeeds and improprieties and harassment and unwanted touching and unwelcome comments and all of this stuff from from all of those minor things all the way up to sexual assault and rape. Never anything remotely like this waterfall of allegations that we've seen since the Harvey Weinstein story made it into the New York Times. We spent so much time this year on this on this story because new names kept coming every out day. every day. Do you think this is going to continue as we go into the new year or people are going to have sexual harassment slash assault fatigue? Well, I think that it's going to get a big bump every time we see an award show. And we know that the beginning of the year is with the Screen Actors Guild with the Oscars, oh, yeah. when the Emmys come back around in the fall, it might get a sort of a revival. But we'll see a lot of that come back up when people talk about it in their acceptance speeches. You know, we're not going to take it anymore, and women are going to stand up, and men have to take responsibility for their actions, and, and we're going to... So I, I do think it's going to continue. As far as new names coming out, I kind of feel like we've reached the point where all of the big-name guys that we're going to see get tapped for this have been named. Do you think any littler guys are going to come out? You mean names or they're going to like self-report like, like Morgan uh, Spurlock did? Yeah, not self-report, but, you know, 
maybe radio people. Oh, sure. There have been a couple. Who do you think is going to – Oscar. Oscar Ramirez? Yeah. And I don't mean this one specifically. Not this Oscar right. Ramirez? But I'm sure there are a, a just bunch. Just random? Yeah. Just random guys. Mm-hmm. Some rando Oscar is going to come out and be accused of bad <laughs> things. Aggressive hugging. I could see that. The other thing that pushed I, – I, I agree with that being the number one story. Uh, but the other thing that I think pushed it up is just how creepy – guys can get yeah i mean that was one of the things it was always like a new move that with every guy and then they were all eerily similar right and it was always some combination of pulling something out and playing with something and you know it was just how creepy people can be something out not people well guys men men. yeah not yeah they're not people oscar i I hate (laughs) men men. i didn't hear any stories yet myself i know you do all right, coming for, up. When, for whatever that random guy named Oscar comes out, right. you know, we're like, I hate you, I Oscar. I can't wait to beat that guy up. Coming up next, Justin Warsham, host of the Dad Podcast, joins us all about kids on Christmas Day. Gary Channel will continue right after this. this out we're going to get into the story about the thomas fire we're now at 272,200 acres it is 60 percent contained which is great but the winds that we've seen over the last 24 hours or so is truly the test to see if they've been able to do everything right in cutting that fire line around the areas to protect homes so this is going to be an important day and that thomas fire is is just a thousand acres shy of being the largest fire in california that we know of uh, that we can officially keep count of. Also, the uh, the arrests. Now, two people arrested in that Australian car attack. A guy in Melbourne drove his car through a crowd, injuring 19 people. Thankfully, nobody was killed. And the uh, UN voted today to condemn the American decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Hey, I know you. Uh, and for some reason, I think 36 different nations abstained, but this was an overwhelming vote, something along the lines of a... 125 to 3. So all of those stories we'll, uh, we'll cover through the day today. But it is Thursday, 11 o'clock, which means we say hello to Justin Worsham, host of the Dad Podcast. Excuse me. He joins us every Thursday. He has spent hours upon hours talking to experts and researchers all about dadding. <laughs> not to mention. Not his mom's exper- call it babysitting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that the case? Why do you, I don't know? It's, you're just being a dad. Yeah. I don't like it when I was it Chris Rock did a big deal about that. Like it's if it's your kids, it's yeah. not babysitting. No, they're your kids. You're supposed to take care of your kids. We do it differently. Right. I mean, we tend to be a little bit more hands off. And hey, is that gasoline? That, I mean, that's <laughs> right. not an uncommon question for a father to ask. This is such a tricky time. I don't know if it is for you, Gary, but it's such a tricky time of year, I think, for parents. Like, I'm literally, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little frazzled right now because I rushed here from watching my kids' elementary school holiday show. How was it? It was a good show. I'm not going to lie, but I feel like we got to, we got to, we got to push back past the Christmas ballad, guys. We're not ready for the Christmas ballad. Let's let high school. You know what I mean? Uh, where okay. it gets a little glee. Ballad. They do a ballad. Like and they you just, need real singers. And I don't know if they're trying to build an emotional roller coaster, you know, where you got to go down so you can come up. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, there's some Christmas ballads in there. And we had behind us this annoying couple 
that would not shut up the entire time. They're just talking about, oh, I got to get a Christmas. I got to get a picture. And you didn't turn around and give them a look and say, I'd like to enjoy my son's Christmas recital. Well, here's the thing. Is- shut the hell up. Listen, I don't, I don't like to brag about it, but I'm also the president of the Booster Club, so I'm a public figure. Wow. You're president of the Booster Club, the PTA. Yes, I was the PTA auditor. Um, what and now else? I stepped down. I'm just auditor. The, yeah, we aud- I audited our books, uh, and then we. <laughs> I'm also the chairperson for assemblies. He's making um, your HOA uh, board assignment pale in comparison. Man, off. So I mean, I'm a public figure, as as I said. He's a so dignitary. I, I've I, had a somewhat contentious uh, relationship with administrators at schools. Really? Yeah. I'm just you're you're doing it from the inside. You're That's making what you, change. I'm a mole. The, That's what you do. Oh. Yeah, I'm a double agent. Out of that. Yeah. Huh. Could have done it. I gotta write a parenting. Where book do you that find one. the time for all of that? That's my thing. Is that I feel like I have no time. I feel especially like especially now. At now, Christmas time. yes. And then on top of that, you, it's. We got my my mother in laws coming in today. It's you guys just, get along? No, no, oh. no, no, no. I mean, here's Thanks the thing. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> does she listen to the Does she listen to the show? Uh, no. I, but my understanding is right now she is on a Southwest flight coming from Northern California. So, oh, do you want me to do a little quick flight? If she got, if she has the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up? Uh, what's up? She insists on my kids calling her Grammy. I'm like, come on, just get comfortable with your age and let them call you Grandma. You whack job. Wow. Uh, but there's a history. So I, everybody no, really? Jump. Yeah, a little bit. She <laughs> she suggested that my uh, my wife uh, let me get fixed when we were done having children. And she said that, uh, and and my wife was like, well, yeah. She goes, it's easier for him. And my wife was like, well, no, but if I have to have a cesarean, they're just going to be right there. She's like, well, you never know if you want to have more kids. And my wife was like, well, if he's fixed and I'm fixed. She goes, with someone else. Oh. I've been with Did her 15 she say years. That? Yes, she said that. Yes, she used She's, to hit my wife with a hairbrush, and she said to my, uh, she said to me, she said to my wife, "I yell at my kids too much." Wow, it's this like, is probably going to get so me in more trouble with my wife than my mother. Hoping <laughs> that one of these days, uh, this whole infatuation that your wife has yeah, with you, is I'm just, just a phase, right? It's going to wear phase. off eventually. What, did she always hate wow. you, or it was no, only in recent years? The, I think it's you know. Here's the in all seriousness, uh, I'm probably unfairly representing her. I mean, everything I said is absolutely true. I'm not. There's no hyperbole in it at all. But it, who is really good enough for your daughter? In all seriousness, um, I think I am. But she she's allowed her opinion. It's America. I don't. <laughs> You know what I love about this time of year is everyone's filter is not that No, old. it's worn it's down. It's completely gone. Yes, that's I mean, my I thing. am like a completely bad friend. You've been sitting in here for like 15 minutes and uh, I was doing work and stuff and not even uh, listening to you because my filter, what? my niceness filter, my like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Completely gone. Like nobody's got time for that. Your filter it's- with your mother-in-law right now? Gone. Nobody has time for that. No, it kicks it, in when she shows up. Doesn't it start, though, at Thanksgiving? Most everybody yeah. can kind of hold it together yeah. through Thanksgiving, but then on the Saturday or Sunday after everybody leaves from Thanksgiving, you're like, man, I could have killed somebody. It's and a good now, thing I held it together, yeah, but you can never re, you don't really rebuild your stores. Mm-mm. Three weeks later, you got to deal with all this stuff now. Yeah. yeah, and for everybody who doesn't enjoy the wonders of a, a Griswold Christmas uh, that's magical in its own dysfunctional way, <laughs> I highly suggest that you, as far as like how you arrange your holidays, because it always was at my parents' house, things are loosey goosey. Like everybody's having fun and everything. And there was always tension when we would go to my wife's family's house. And it's just the difference in the way that the families are. It's nothing, I'm not saying my wife's family is bad, because they're not. 
Just my mother-in-law. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'm not. Nobody's supposed to like their mother-in-law. <laughs> but <laughs> Awkward laugh. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a note. Uh, so anyway, when, uh, when we, we decided we're not going to go to the – we're not going to split up the holiday because it was too much. And I'm glad I did this before we had kids because I knew that there would be some kind of point of contention. Who gets the first Christmas? So right. we were like, let's start doing this now. And we would alternate Thanksgiving and Christmas. So you're just there. And that way you could prepare yourself for what you're getting ready to go into. I don't know. But you have everybody coming to your house, right, Gary? Well, not this year. We have lately have done it very differently in that when I grew up, everybody would be at one place on Christmas. And it would rotate. I mean, we'd be in different places. Oh, that's good, yeah. Uh, but, but we would always be at our house or the cousin's house or whatever it was. But everybody was there. Grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, cousins. So it would be 25 people in one room, everybody trying to open presents. The way we do it, for the most part, is we'll do the four of us, just the wife and I and the kids, doing our presents for each other and then go somewhere else. Whether it's to my parents' place or your sister's place, something like that. But everybody lives far away from here. Do you, you'll travel on the on the day of? Yeah. Well, like this year, we're doing. We are doing Christmas Eve morning, ah. just the four of us, and then we'll travel. You know, drive a couple to be hours. Christmas to Day someplace place. else, right? How about you, Shannon? Uh, we will usually we do Christmas with my family a couple of weeks before Christmas, or maybe the week before Christmas, and then we'll do Christmas Day with my husband's family. But this year, I did not go to my family's Christmas because I was in Kansas City. Enjoying some barbecue? Uh, yeah, it was a lot of barbecue. So are you missing the boxers on I, the wreath? So I missed the boxers on the wreath. Oh. Yeah, it sucked. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't it's realize okay, that. Guys. We would have done something. We yeah. would have put underpants up on a plant oh. if you needed it. Oh, thank you. Can I like, would if I wore them. If you, oh, What's up? Oh. You know what else is fun? Yeah, is what? The uh, average, uh, I found this great article, and I love the way this breaks down. They surveyed 4,000 families, right, and gathered all this research from how their overall Christmas day went and, and found these fun little factoids. On average, people wake up at 7.55. Are you guys the over or the oh, under on that on Christmas way day? Way under on that. You get up at 6? Um, maybe 6.30. It, when the kids are young, absolutely, because we wanted to make sure that – I enjoyed being up first, yeah. uh, putting the pajamas on the dog or whatever, so that when they would come downstairs. <laughs> Poor Fergus, he wears pajamas <laughs> yeah. on Christmas? Yep. Have you not heard my pajamagram commercials? Of I've heard it, he yes, but pajamas. I just, I assume that. I don't that... think he like. does he like it? Does he... No. No. Uh, that's a false. Gary's that... daughter is here with us today. Um, she, she says she has picture evidence that he doesn't like it. I that's think that's, his, that's a proud look on his I face. don't think so. So you pajama off the dog early. And, but, but I get to see them come downstairs and be like, oh, my gosh, is that a bicycle or what? Ah, And that. Yeah. And then the stockings and everything early on. So, But I like being up early. What's, I don't. How do you rock it with the dink lifestyle, Shannon? Oh, it's is nice. Is it like 10 a.m.? You're just. It's I, nice. Yeah, I hate you so much. <laughs> There goes my filter again. <laughs> mimosas. Tell me about oh, yeah, we are have, you early rising at 10.30 and then you're champagne. off the Chris Mimosa. <laughs> we open presents. That's great. Bacon. Guys, I think this is the last time we're going to have to do this. I don't know. If, you know, we're taking a couple weeks off though, right? Yeah. Maybe I could come back. Yeah, maybe. I am a, Not only am I up all night, Shannon Farron. 
But then oh. I get woken up, and that, and I'm in the sweet spot. When they're really, really little, right, it's very magical. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. Right in this 9 to 6 range, it loses its imagination because now it's a little bit of a job. Cynicism starts to creep in. Right. Oh. And then I imagine that when they're teenagers, I hear a tale that you're more waking them up than they are ever waking up. Is that the way it goes in the Hoffman house? Uh. No, not yet. Okay. I mean, this year, who knows? It's a crapshoot. Who knows? Uh, but not yet. I mean, everybody knows that it's a – we know that it, we've always made it a fun, important family thing, and we'll always do stockings first and then breakfast, and then we dig in and, you know, carve out our area of the room. So you need to presents. eat breakfast first. Oh, yeah. Is really? that a quick yeah. breakfast? Is that like I'm shoveling this – no, no it's, it's nice. It's never been that bad. It, and there's always a, oh, I guess these dishes are going to have to be done before we open presents. Yes. Oh, and then, oh. And then that's like the happiest kids are to ever do dishes. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. feel that you Hoffmans have really nailed the fun and lightness of parental torture. I really do envy your ability in that arena because I love it. I love every – You and I average. love it. These people, yeah, the kids, the don't. kids don't love. I don't it. care about them. It's not about them. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the children. <laughs> Which, by the way, is something I've learned that if you if you are about you know splitting the family, especially if you've got divorced parents or you yourself are divorced, one of the biggest tips that I've heard is make sure that you keep in mind that it is about the kids and not about you, and that right. if you kind of shift that focus of attention, it actually makes it much more tolerable for everybody psychologically. Interesting. 819 is so people roll out of bed at 755. 819 is when they're ready to open presents. So on average, they open presents before they even eat breakfast, which I think so. The, the, and they also have their first bite of chocolate at 839. Ooh. Wait a minute. I'm going to I'm going to it says open presents 819. Yeah. Chocolate at 839. Yep. And then breakfast at 902. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because stockings, there's chocolate oh, and stockings. Yeah, I guess that's true. There's... But even like, uh, Shan, I, and I'm sorry if I keep, uh, it doesn't, you don't mind that I refer to you as a dink, right? Do no, no, come, no, no. kids? No. Do you, how, when do you go, dig into the chocolate? Is it, is that your breakfast? No. I just imagine everything is Disneyland I, in your life. N- yeah, it is. <laughs> but more adult themed. Uh, I'm so shallow. <laughs> California but, uh, adventure. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm strict uh, bacon only, you know, you for breakfast. Up. I'm not a big chocolate at breakfast person. So, no. you know, if what Santa's about, what about gonna... your man? Uh, yeah, he'll dig into candy at breakfast. For breakfast oh, on yeah. Christmas? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Even then, you're you having a good time. You should but do it. You should do it. But at this point, up to this point in the morning, I mean, we're, we're at 9.02. Everyone's eating breakfast. It's I mean, magical. We're, we're filled with the Christmas spirit right yeah, now. Yeah, until mm-hmm. 9.58 when you have the family argument. That is the first family <laughs> argument. Well, it's probably you guys about... Any, like, it's, I, I can, I can uh, remember what the argument is. Yeah! And it's this. It's clean this crap up. Right. Take all your crap that you just got, yeah. all your holiday spirit, and, and put, put it, it in, your, in room. your room. Put it away because we've got to leave. We got to get going. We got to go to church, or we got to go to grandma and grandpa's house. And the kids are still playing with the toys. Maybe the brothers lingering over a transformer or a Star Wars thing like that does this. And that's uh, what's Frank, like a mummy, that's Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. Yes. AT-AT? No, no, no. It's the thing. That, the AT-AT. No. The at at. Yeah, at at. <laughs> you know what? It's great. It's sh- Shannon's act outs on the radio. Yeah. Like, I really, we need to get it its own and, show. And yeah. and the boys procrastinate, right? They don't want to put their stuff away or it doesn't, they, they hear the instruction, but it doesn't really sink in. And so they're still trying to puzzle builds. Yeah. And if it's a video game, yeah. like you that's can't stop playing yeah. until well, you beat the first level. The video game also. What do you mean the boys? The girls well, the because you thing. guys have more stuff to put together. 
you know. Sorry if our brains work better. You know, it's interesting what you brought up there, Shannon. I think is, I found uh, the second fight. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was curious, because it says family argument. And then later on, so at 10 a.m. is when you're cleaning up and discussing what you're going to watch on TV. But at 11.07 is when the kids get their first, like, telling off or yelling at. And I'm assuming it's because they're not cleaning up what she's describing. Mm-hmm. I imagine this to be more of like a family argument of some kind. Oh. Have you guys ever had like, because it seems so early in the morning to have such a big argument. Well, you no. start gossiping over other family members and then you, <laughs> really? you know, like, did you hear what so-and-so did? And then, you know, all that stuff leads into fights and arguments and things like that. Yeah, because I feel like the family I... argument has to be when you have a lot of extended family around. It can't just be because if it's the four it of you. It can't be the nuclear family of just, yeah, what are like, you arguing about other than we got to go put your stuff away? Sometimes it's how to handle the extended family that's coming in. Oh, oh like they have, like not everyone has yeah. shown up yet. Yeah, or or simply like if if you don't, like my family, I'm not, my family, we don't see the extended all that often. So it's kind of like uh, we don't ever argue about it because everyone kind of just knows how things go now. But like it could easily happen where you have to figure out Oh, this people are going to sit here. This is going to happen, and they're supposed to come here at this time, and like that, that can get a little heated. You have your first alcoholic beverage at eleven forty nine. Seems a little late. That's what I was going to say. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Shannon has a mimosa, like Santa has cookies left well, overnight, like right. an Irish yeah. coffee to start. We used to. Ooh, uh, yeah. What's your What's your poison? Do you go coffee with a little bit of brandy or some Irish cream, or you I do go mimosa? You doing a Bailey's and coffee or something? Not a big coffee with alcohol thing. No, you no. just go straight alcohol. No, what we would do though, uh, in terms of setting out the cookies for for Santa, we would always make the kids put out cookies, which my wife made, uh, and a beer. And then next morning they'd come home or they they get up and the cookies are gone and the beer bottles tipped over. Oh gosh, Santa! Well, I mean it's West Coast. He's only got a yeah. couple more stops before he. I can't it believe you're giving beer. Santa beer when he's still on the road driving the reindeer. To be clear, Santa's not on the road. Hawaii. Yeah. And second, he still has to go to Hawaii, and therefore the reindeer drive. Yeah, but That's he what conducts for. them. Rudolph is designated like, DD on Christmas. It's like, yeah, Ray, Rudolph is like uh, Santa's Uber driver. Now, it's, here's it's the fine. thing: At the only, the only, I think the only reason your argument has merit, Shannon, is the first year. But the second year, Santa knows what's going on. He's ready. He's he's going to prep himself to handle well, a good solid IPA before he gets back up on the sleigh. He doesn't drink the whole thing, though, right? Yeah, he drinks the whole thing. He's got a bowl full of jelly. Wow! In the middle of the night, he's a big guy. He's a big elf. Yeah, he is. He can handle it. Three twenty-four is when you have Christmas dinner or lunch. I called it lunch. They called it dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's about you, right. You guys do midday dinner. My my family has always yeah, done mine midday. too. Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner like is four at o'clock, a three or four o'clock. Yeah. And do you feel like once you hit three or four o'clock that you're starving, or is it just? I always feel like the holidays you just said you're full. I think it's you want to get in. And then have everyone eat and then get them the hell out of the house by, you know, 8 o'clock so you can relax. Tis the season to be jolly. First person falls asleep, 459. Who's the guilty party in your guys' family? Who's the first one to go down? My, do mine is my dad. My dad. He'll so fall it's always the grandpa? Anybody. Oh, yeah. Grandpa falls asleep. And it's always he's got his chair. Yeah. The dog is on a little blanket behind him. And there's usually either football or murder she wrote on TV, 
and snoring. I think the my range. I think my father-in-law sometimes falls asleep because he doesn't want to deal with us. He's he's not he's really like, asleep. Oh, he's just his eyes totally, are closed. Totally, that was totally, my follow-up. Is totally. that do you think they're really asleep or fa- are, are they? Because the other the next part of it is they uh, they annoy everyone else with their snoring. Thirty-nine percent of the family said that the person who falls asleep annoys them with their snoring. I find it funny now. I think 40 years ago I was probably annoyed at it, but I find it funny. Like, I can't believe this 75-year-old guy can sleep. There's 20 people in the house, and he can sleep. Are they usually the the, the ones that have the most to drink? No, he doesn't hardly drink at all. No. My mom hits the sauce, and it makes it fun. Oh, you know who else? Uh, is is Uncle Rob? He'll go to sleep, but he'll he won't sleep in front of everybody. He finds a corner. No, no, literally, like we'll be playing a board game. It's your turn, Rob. Where did Rob go? <laughs> and then, oh, he went to bed. It's seven twenty. See, I never knew this was a thing either because it says that five forty six is when you start playing family board games. We yeah. never played board games as a, well. Maybe late at night we'd always play Scrabble if we were up at my parents' cabin, but. Board games was never a Board thing. Board games we come in toys. handy, man. They come in handy around the holidays. And they're fun, right? Yeah. Have you guys ever had any blowout fights, though, over like a board game or a Scrabble or anything? My my people won't play Trivial Pursuit with me anymore. Yeah, my husband won't play that with it. He won't play a lot of board games with me. You know, we get competitive. We're competitive people. You, you guys. Well, pr- my problem is are, it's Trivial Pursuit. We have the original one from yeah. 1983. The Navy Box. Yes, the yeah. Genus Edition. So it was... I mean, all of the, I shouldn't say all, 70% of the answers are out of date now. So you have to play the game and you have to ask, you have to set the rules up beforehand. Are you playing 1983 or are you playing 2017? Right. So the rules are the answers, sorry, that you know are incorrect. Do you give the 1983 answer and does that count? Like who was the first... uh, Quarter be- or, or uh, who holds, holds a passing yeah. yards record yes. is in there, but it's like Dan Marino. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's a struggle, but it's more fun to play the like 1983 version. Yeah. The other thing with that original Trivial Pursuit game is if you're like you and I and you've played it your whole life, you know the answer. you know the answer. Really? Yeah, you can memorize those if you play it enough. You memorize times, them, but yeah. you recognize that there's some you know some. They tried to be creative or funny in some of the wording of some of the questions. And once you got, you know, you got caught up in that the first time, you never forget. And you can always remember those answers. With friends and family, we would always fight over Uno. Because just when you think someone's going to win, it's like collect four, collect two more. And then the <laughs> game is like an extra half hour. And hour they start long. calling you names. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a gift exchange with $1 gifts and there's like steals and stuff. And it gets crazy. Because everything's only worth a dollar, and we all recognize how stupid it is for us to go crazy over it. And get in fights over it. But we're just stealing scratchers from grandma <laughs> and, like, all sorts of nuts. It's, it's oh, man. And then everybody goes to bed at 1130, it says. Yeah. Oh, no. That's way too late. <laughs> what time do you crash? You you sleep in and uh, you go to bed? About 9 o'clock, 930. Here's I want to thing. make Here's your a... house a, a camp, like a, a like a sandals resort for yeah. parents. I want to make the Fahrenheit. You are full. welcome anytime. Oh, don't t- don't say that. You the, thing about, the thing about Shannon is she will be the one that leaves the party early, yeah. whether it's to go to bed or just like, hey, done. it just started. Where did you go? Like she will. I'm just going to pull the curtain back here a second. After the show. 
if we have to meet with somebody, whether it's sales department or boss or something like that, she will bring with her every everything she's got. Like it's a survivor travel council? Purse, lunch bag, whatever it is, because one, the moment someone says, well, okay, I think, and she's gone, out. She's count. gone. All you see, you hear that elevator going... <laughs> Car well, starting you told remotely. Me that it was rude, and that I should stop bringing all my stuff. Well, because we get like two sentences into the meeting, and you're like, "Okay, is that it? Or is that all we're talking about?" Because if we're done, I'm yeah. Shannon will do a nervous kind of like I'm starting to pick up my purse. Yes, like guys, I gotta <laughs> get out of here. Before the meeting's Moments over, it's like sitting into on the lap. meeting. Yeah. she'll be like, "Oh, is that? Are we done?" Because I thought we were just going to talk about one thing. And this is, and, and, and it doesn't even have to be a meeting. Like we could be out at. I we've been to places like. After work, we'll go out and, I don't know, a drink with a co-worker or something like that. And, you know, that that glass of Chardonnay is done. And she's like, well, okay, I'm just going to – wait, not everybody even got served And yet, this is right? active filter, Shannon, Guys, right? This I like is to get filter. in and get out. Yeah, see? I'm not a lingerer. That's the, absolutely true. I just love the non-subtlety of gathering your things. You that know, the traffic so backs up on the 210. Mm. If I leave even a half an hour later than after the show ends, <laughs> it's an extra 20 minutes or so. Uh, so great. By the way, least, uh, least uh, excited to see around the holidays. I would have expected in-laws based on the way the tone of this started. But according to research, it's estranged sp- uh, spouses, then your own parents, then in-laws. Oh, no. Wait, what is that? So these are the people that you're the least excited to see. They rank them. Who is that you're not looking forward to see around the holidays? Worst to best. And the number one worst is estranged spouses. Yeah, I mean, if you've got an ex-husband, ex-wife, and a kid exchange or something. In England, they see a spike of uh, uh, divorces, like people wanting to file for divorce right after the holidays. Oh, yeah. yeah. January's yeah. a, yeah. you a big on. month You that. hang on for they the kids through the holidays. They call it Divorce Day. The Monday after the holidays, they call it Divorce Day. And then day. cut. And then boom, done. Yes. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks. I Appreciate hope I made it. your Christmas. You ended it on a magical. real nice note there. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Happy divorce next month. <laughs> well, you're the one who's well, got to worry. I mean, you, you were know bagging it's not on your mother You failed your marriage. It's because it's just law of averages. It's not on you. Tell that to your wife. Honey, it's way, not you. It's just. Do you want to say something nice about your mother-in-law before you go? No, nah, hard pass. Okay, I'll, I'll let her go first. Hard pass. <laughs> it's her turn. If you are Justin's mother-in-law, one eight hundred five two zero. Oh, it'd be so great. She has a great voice for radio. Oh, Justin, I just know you're going to be famous someday. You should get on that Tonight Show. It's. I'm telling you, I see it in the future. She sounds supportive. Nope. That's what she says to your face, <laughs> right? But whatever you do. Then she talks to my wife. Yeah. Did you meet the sandbag? I'm telling you, you could do so much better. Your kids would look so much handsomer if they <laughs> weren't from him. Those kids are the cutest kids. Yes. All the Thomas Fire stuff when we come back. Don't forget to check out Justin at that the dadpodcast.com. All the episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Shannon, if I am 640.
All evacuations in Santa Barbara County were lifted, so that's good news. Get people back in their homes for Christmas. That is great news uh, for those who have the homes to go back to, of course. The 272,200 acres that have burned down the Thomas Fire makes it the second largest fire in the history of California, at least that we know of. 60% containment is great, however. Hot spots. Hot spots. Hot uh, spots could ignite. We've got anticipated very powerful winds. So their hope, I mean, it's not like a sit back and cross their fingers. Oh, we hope these hot spots won't ignite. They have done work to prevent that from happening. The uh, They have been doing a fantastic job, they being the firefighters that are uh, watching all of this, doing a fantastic job keeping people up to date. They did uh, community meetings and have been doing community meetings at San Marcos High School and Last, uh, I guess it was last night, Chris Childers, who was a battalion chief for Santa Barbara County, said the wind test is coming. It will be the test to see if we have done everything correct. They torched old vegetation to reduce the fuel available for this thing to eat up on the north end, just outside Ojai. The number of acres burned hasn't grown for a day. So that's good, but it may be because crews have not been able to conduct a full assessment of any new burn areas. The uh, the governor has requested a major disaster declaration for the wildfires. Uh, this goes straight to the president, and he says it's because the state simply doesn't have enough money uh, to or resources to continue to fight these fires for an ongoing um, in an ongoing manner like this. Since January, there have been eighty seven hundred. Wildland fire starts across the state of California since January. Almost 9,000 in a year, which is amazing considering this is going to be one of the biggest, uh, this specific Thomas fire going to be one of the biggest ones that we've ever seen. Um, The declaration would allow FEMA to come in and mobilize, provide additional equipment, resources, and then potential financial help if necessary as well. And then the lawsuits have started. And the lawsuits have started not just against the utilities who may or may not be responsible for some of these fires, if not all of them. A group of Ventura County residents filed against the Edison crews, saying that the uh, the crews that were working in the hills above Ventura Ranch KOA Holiday Campground caused the fire. They said that Edison's construction activities caused the ignition of the dry vegetation that set off the massive wildfire Although the official cause yet to be determined. Yeah. So I don't know where they're getting that from other than, you know, maybe somebody's got somebody who does work in the county fire department says that they have come up with that as their final conclusion. But they haven't announced anything. Downed power lines have sparked massive wildfires in California in the past. Uh, Utilities. This is not the first time we would see a utility be on the hook for hundreds of uh, excuse me, for millions of dollars. Malibu Canyon, 2007. uh, Edison was on the hook for thirty seven million dollars. And then PG&E also on the hook for a 70,000-acre Butte fire, killed a couple of people back in 2015, and they had to pay $87 million in related costs. That, well, I should say they've been sued for that. They are still in court. Wasn't there a problem up in Santa Rosa with power lines? That was another one of those with the fires that hit in October in Sonoma County, Napa County. They were saying that those were probably started by downed power lines. That were simply not maintained. The trees around those lines were not maintained. Yeah, yeah, And that's there was right. a huge windstorm that swept through the beginning of that fire. That's right. 
So it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. But these lawsuits, again, are being filed before the official cause has been has been announced by the fire department. And I don't know how they, those claims move forward without the official cause. No. All right. Coming up next, we've got a good Samaritan story to tell you about coming to us from Orange County. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I, maybe we could you could build this Blake um, before the new year. We could have a bird shirt pomegranate margarita desk where we do stories <laughs> about vigilantes, about vigilantes and do-gooders and good Samaritans. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know what the desk would sound like. Birds. Bird. Okay. What does a pomegranate margarita sound like? I don't know. Gary? Gary? Maybe a burp? Um. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Maybe birds and burping. Birds and burping. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty good desk, if you ask me. Uh, We... uh, when we uh, come back at the top of the hour, we're going to get into what's trending. We have a Terror in the Skies episode to let you know about. Next hour, we're going to do our Swamp Watch as well and talk about what's going on in D.C. and that big vote at the U.N. today uh, that was basically a con- condemnation of our decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So we'll talk about that. Um, but first, let's go down to, to a trip County to the birding and burping desk. Doesn't really have to make this. Yeah. In uh, Santa Ana. Monday at about 430 in Santa Ana. A guy by the name of Jorge, 27 year old, 27 years old, comes across a 28 year old woman. She's on the side of the road. He's in his truck and he offers her a ride. She accepts, willingly enters the vehicle. Moments later, he asks the woman if she wanted to have sex with him. She refuses. He then drives the woman to an alley on East Palm Street where he began begins to strangle her, covers her mouth with duct tape. Well, let me introduce you to a good Samaritan. In a bird shirt. A guy named Taylor O'Neill notices this truck and knows that something nefarious is going on and i saw him on top of her um and you know her struggling there's you could tell it, nothing consensual was going on in that car you know in my bird shirt pomegranate margarita days i was a little more excited than that well, you had the adrenaline pumping uh, i don't know how long after this event that this guy gave this interview and i heard some muffles muffled screams um, and I went up to the window, saw her um, with her face duct taped and um, and him on top of her choking her. OK. And I also never ran into a situation like that. So I, I don't know. But what happened is he opens the door. Taylor's able to get the woman out of the truck. And he also took pictures of the truck as the guy drove off. So that gave Santa Ana police the ability to track down the cops. Uh, sorry, track down the car, the truck that the guy was in, and arrest the guy. They arrest him where he was working in Costa Mesa, suspicion of attempted rape and kidnapping. He had been living in his truck, he was living in Tustin most recently. 
but they're saying also they believe there may be more victims. That this guy did this to this woman. There may he may seems have done like it to other people. If as well. he was armed with the duct tape, he's done it before. It seems like a pre-planned thing. I mean, I know Blake has knives in his truck, but do you have any duct tape in your truck? No. Okay. So then Blake is off the hook. I have packaging tape. Just how long has the packaging tape been in your in your vehicle, ma'am? Uh, probably a couple months. I was sending something, and I uh, took it to the mailbox. I have plastic office. sheeting, a bag of lye, and shovels. Yeah, but that's for whoever screws with your kids. We know your plan to take them out to the desert and dismember them. That is the go bag. Right. But, I mean, I can explain all of it. It's going to be a problem if you ever do kill somebody and take them out to the desert. Why? Because you've outlined on the air several times of how you would do everything. Not everything. But there are also several listeners who said they would help Gary. Oh, yeah. So they'll help uh, cover all the tracks. Who wouldn't? I mean, we've got to be able to crowdsource the perfect crime, right? I would totally help you kill someone. Really? Yeah. Okay, Merry, well, that would be Merry, too obvious. Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to get me one of those coupons and put it in my stocking? <laughs> one uh, first-degree murder accomplice. <laughs> Redeem any time. Oh, that's very nice of you. I appreciate You're welcome. That. Thank you. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into what's trending also. Oh, and I wanted to say a big thank you. We said this yesterday, but I wanted to, for those of you who didn't hear yesterday, a big thank you to everybody who helped us out with the Postathon. Uh, the final numbers were in well over $460,000 and 102,000 pounds That's of incredible. pasta and sauce for Katarina's Club. And you can make donations anytime you want. You don't have to wait for us. I mean, you don't have to wait for the Pastathon to do it. Um, you can just go to Katarina's Club. They have a, a full social media presence. When you search, you'll see all of uh, Chef Bruno's good works, et cetera. 3,500 kids a night, five nights a week. That he feeds through Katarina's Club. So Austin wrote to us on Facebook, and I think he nailed it. The guy who stopped the rape sounds like Bill Belichick at a press conference. <laughs> Let's see, Bill Belichick. And I saw him on top of her. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> all right, all of that trending stuff when we come back to Gary and Shannon. to me via email and she wrote shannon you are ridiculous you are you are you are making any sense bird desk kate must have missed the story when you were a chivalrous man wearing your bird gary has a shirt that has birds on it little birds flying all over it it's a it's a little pattern you couldn't tell they were birds unless you stood up close to me Okay. Or unless I got in it's your face. It's a great shirt. We all enjoy the shirt. And Gary was wearing the bird shirt yeah. when he was with his wife. They're having a nice little getaway up in the mountains. And uh, there were some guys, and they were talking trash, and they were talking uh, in a disrespectful manner towards women. And Gary said, hey, listen, I'm on a date with my wife. Why don't you STFU? I said it nicer than that. Oh. But it was, yes. And I had pomegranate margarita on my breath. And I right. just said, hey, guys. My wife and I can hear everything you guys are saying. So that's why I said we should have a a bird shirt desk for when we do stories about good Samaritans or men that uh, take matters into their own hands to weed out the apples. And the conclusion of the story is I didn't get kicked out of the restaurant. 
Uh, but they probably could have kicked me out of the restaurant for causing a scene. And the other guys, they didn't get kicked out either, although they were seven sheets to the wind by the time uh, they sat down for dinner. And it was a special shout-out to Papa Gallos in uh, Lake Arrowhead for uh, spiffing me my uh, dinner that night. That was very nice of them. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. The driver of that SUV that rammed into a crowd in Melbourne, injuring 19 people, is an Australian citizen of Afghan descent. They say he has a history of drug use and mental illness, but no known links to terrorism. And again, I mentioned earlier this other guy that was arrested. There was a guy seen filming the incident on his mobile phone, and he was carrying a bag with three knives in it. They're just saying that they arrested him to make sure that he wasn't connected uh, they do not believe that he is connected to it. At least they say it not at this point. He just may have been, like you said, a guy with a phone side, and three knives. Side note, yeah. I'm reading a book that takes place in Australia, and I've heard that I should not go there because there are so many spiders. Uh, in this book, they refer to spiders uh, the way we refer to dogs that we see. Uh, you know, there's a red back over there. Oh, and, and I walked into the room, and there was a brown snout nose or whatever. Like they have, they have names, the and they yes, can, and, and they and can tell they them apart, we, and they weave it in like you would weave in a dog to a story about a scene setter for a room. Wow. That's how prevalent massive spiders are. I'm not queeped out by spiders; they don't really bother me. But that many of them, yeah, that might that might tip the scales. Uh, life expectancy: the term life expectancy is uh, trending right now because for the second time in a, in consecutive years. American life expectancy declined. You think of the United States as being the most advanced country when it comes to health care, et cetera. A staggering 20 per, uh, 21% rise in the death rate from drug overdoses is to blame. U.S. has not seen two years of declining life expectancy since 1962 and 63 when the flu caused an inordinate amount of, get, uh, of death. In 93, there was a one-year drop during the AIDS epidemic. But this is further pre- proof of how bad the opioid crisis is in this country. I mentioned how uh, hard it is to crawl out of that addiction. I mentioned off the air to you guys earlier today about this documentary that we watched on Netflix. It's only about 35, 40 minutes long. It's not, it's not long. It's called Heroin, and it's about one small town in... I think it's West Virginia that's dealing with this opioid crisis, and it's the story of a uh, a street missionary, uh, the a judge, and a fire chief, and the three these three women fighting this epidemic in their little small town. In What's West it Virginia. called? Heroin. Oh, with, with an E. With that's an right. E. Okay. Uh, but heroin. So uh, fentanyl, by the way. I don't know if you've seen the video. We've been doing the story about fentanyl and the. Impact, somebody snuck some fentanyl into uh, one of the L.A. County jail facilities and I guess started handing it out and a bunch of overdoses. But fentanyl is now considered to be the leading cause of drug overdoses. It's relatively easy to produce, they say, for a better, cheaper high per dose than heroin. Become the natural destination for trackers and users who want the strongest products. My dad had to have a fentanyl patch after a surgery yeah and he had it on and then they came down here to go to my cousin's wedding and then they stayed for the weekend and then they went back up 
And the next day, my dad said, so wait, when's Jimmy's wedding again? He, he was so out of it because of the fentanyl? Know, yeah. He didn't wow. remember the, the whole weekend. And he was like, I will never again, no matter what surgery I have to go through, whatever, never again. Like it was scared. It scared the hell out of him. Uh, if you, Spilaccio is trending. Spilaccio apparently is the Italian slang word for mangy. Spilaccio is the name everyone has given the Christmas tree that is now in the middle of Rome. It's a terrible tree, guys. <laughs> it's the worst Christmas I mean, tree you've ever seen. I don't want to hurt this, this tree's feelings. He, he doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. How do you know he doesn't listen to this show? I, that's a good point. 72-foot-tall Norway spruce in the Piazza Venezia. Uh, it is the it is the mangiest, saddest looking. Charlie Brown wouldn't even have this Christmas tree because he'd say that thing was so nasty. All of the the needles are all droopy. The branches are all droopy. And they paid fifty seven grand for it. <laughs> Trees have gotten so expensive. Oh, I, this is where my daughter comes in. I'm gonna oh, gi- I'm going to give you this list for this oh, next story. Okay, mispronounced words. All right. Okay. What grade did you get in English this semester? I got an A. It's a, it's a low A, but it's an A. It's an A. Okay, it's an A. How dare you? A low Gary. A. What's wrong with you? I get yeah, I get she got an A. What I love. That? Hey, is that how you love? I pay attention, and that counts as love. Mm-hmm. I read that somewhere, right? <laughs> Congratulations on all A's. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Um, how old are you? Fifteen. You weren't paying attention? No, no, I would I know, I'm just I'm it's a process of oh, introduction. Okay. All right. Uh the ten most mispronounced words of twenty seventeen, uh based on uh, USA Today, the global language learning app Babel commissioned uh the US captioning company to identify the ten most mispronounced words of twenty seventeen. Read the first one. Okay. Sounds right to me. A word uh, that refers to the out-of-focus areas of a photograph. The word is Japanese in origin and can be a headache for some. Next one. Cholrophobia. Man, you nailed those. Cholrophobia is the fear of clowns. And obviously Stephen King's movie, It, or the movies, It, uh, came out in September. Remember when we had Gilly the Clown in? Oh, that was Is that the day days. you got over your fear? I was never afraid of them. Mm. I don't think. Next one. Dotard. Okay, are you... How do you know that? You said that like five minutes ago. Oh. Most commonly used to reference an elderly person considered weak or senile. Of course, we learned about it when North Korean leader Kim Jong-un used it to refer to President Trump back in September. Doesn't that bother you when uh, somebody who doesn't speak English as their primary language teaches you words in the English language? Yes. Uh, Next one. Fibromyalgia. That's an easy one. Fibromyalgia, the musk. Skeletal illness that causes severe pain. Lady Gaga uh, in September came out and said that she suffers from fibromyalgia. Next. Gal Gadot. You're nailing all of these. I was going to make fun of you for not being able to pronounce these words because kids these days. But your daughter's smarter than I you. Yes. Uh, go down. I'll keep going. Nam. Yes, you screwed it up. Namibia. You did that just to be nice. (laughs) Yeah, that was nice. It was too obvious. Next. Nuclear. Now, that bothers me that that's one of the most mispronounced words. Well, thank George W. Bush for that. Everybody says nuclear. one guy. Yeah, but he popularized nuclear. See how hard it is to say? Nuclear? Nuclear. 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 It's it's not nuclear. Nuclear. No, No, how do you say it? Yes. 
Nuclear. Right. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Next one. Puerto Rico. Why is this on the list? I don't know. Puerto Rico. Oh, Remember that's when the president right. said it? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Puerto Rico. Why don't we have menudo. that? Menudo. That should be a regular drop. How do you say menudo? Menudo. See, I can't say those things. Next one. Yang Yang. Okay, that's an easy one. And the last one. Weinstein. Wein- Weinstein. Weinstein. Well, see, I've always heard it Weinstein. Me too. They say on this pronouncer that it's Weinstein. No, we're not changing like that. Like Diane Feinstein. No, we're not changing it. It's Weinstein. I think it's better yeah. as well. Just, uh, just on the program for continuity's sake. And then locally, what's trending? Thank you, by the way, for your perfect That was diction. excellent. Uh, the locally, Chipotle may have another foodborne illness problem. The L.A. Health Department's Acute Communicable Disease Control Unit has confirmed that there are reports of uh, an illness at an L.A. Chipotle, and they are investigating. This is the one at... The 4500 block of West Pico. You know, Chipotle is so good. I hear about these issues with Chipotle all the time. It, it, it would not deter me from going into a Chipotle. I mean, I'll take my chances. I'll roll the dice on that when one. When that first one happened, I went in like that week. Yeah, because it's delicious. Well, and see, here's the thing. Once the, once the story comes out that there have been a dozen or a hundred illnesses, whatever, they've cleaned that building top to bottom. So that's like the safe time to go. That's like going boarding an airplane after you hear about a crash or an accident of some kind that's when everybody that's when it's the safest chances are you're not going to contract something at that point i don't know if that's true or not terror in the skies when we come back we'll talk about the airline pilot shortage that's looming and are you one of those people who saves the seats on southwest you should be doomed to the seventh ring of hell really yeah. You're, you're not going to save a, a seat for your wife who's in the B why group? Is she, why is she in the B group? Maybe she's in the B group. Eh, tough noogies. Tough, tough noogies? Good Lord. She should have been there on time. Terror in the skies when we come back. <laughs> noogies. Gary, Gary Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the uh, possibility of a government shutdown. Looks like that possibility is diminishing. Allie Rogan from ABC is going to join us. So we're going to talk about what it is that Congress is planning on doing, at least to get us into the new year before we have to really debate whether or not there will be a government shutdown. But when you look up in the skies and you think, man, I hope there's enough pilots for them airplanes, it makes me think that we're on the verge of terror in the skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday Friday plane! It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. I think that was the best setup for Terror in the Skies that we've ever done. We're, 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 we're kind of working our way into it. It worked well. Ease into it a little bit. You did good. Thank you. But I don't think you should go on vacation. The bu- you should stay here and just work right through it. Some of us do. The Boeing Pilot Outlook predicts a need for 117,000 new pilots between 2017 and 2036 in North America alone. You know when uh, we did the story on this show, when the California Bar Association started, excuse me, lowering the bar yes. to pass said bar? yes. Uh, because it was too tough for, for, for lawyers. Right. Please tell me we're not going to start uh, 
lowering the amount of flight hours or training or... No, I, I don't think that would be the case. Regional carriers uh, that we have seen, you know, the smaller places, Alaska as an example, have begun to enter into agreements with collegiate aviation programs to try to entice students to come aboard during their academic career. A lot of these opportunities uh, were not available 5, 6, 10, 15 years ago. And uh, I have a friend who's a pilot and wanted to be a pilot, went to school and became a pilot. And... I don't know anybody these days who is even contemplating being a pilot. It's become a really crappy industry to work for well, and because I think, of the way you're treated, and I don't know what that's due to. You, you actually hear the same thing with doctors. I think I think what we're going to see is airlines are going to are going to realize two things. Airlines are going to realize they have to pay those guys more and women. They have to pay them more. If you have um, a, a something like the world of, of airline pilots where a huge number of those people are former military, that you have to find a way to then, you know, uh, accentuate that pipeline straight from the military into a professional, you know, into an airline job right away. And I don't know how they do that. I know that they do that on a regular basis, but somehow make that even easier. The second thing is I think you're going to see more and more automation creep into air. I mean, Vast majority of airline pilots don't fly the plane, but you're going to see even more automation in in airlines. And what are the biggest problems when we do these stories? It's people. It's us. Yeah. You know, terror in the skies is mostly human beings, human beings peeing <laughs> in a seat and then a flight attendant forcing you to stay in there. Things like that. Gosh. Well, speaking of peeing in the seat, there was a uh, there was a guy who complained that he was boarding a Southwest Airlines flight in Vegas and finds something on his wife's seat. Stu Weinschenker. Love that name. That's a great name. Also mispronounced. Stu Weinschenker. <laughs> Stu Weinschenker did notice something in his wife's seat. Well, technically it wasn't her seat because Southwest does not assign seats. We all know that. But it was the exit row aisle seat she had her eyes on so they could sit across from one another. They each paid that extra $15 early bird fee in hopes of snagging the coveted seats with extra legroom. Weinstanker is 6'2". A passenger who boarded before the couple was saving the aisle seat for her boyfriend because he was near the end of the boarding line. She sat in the middle and put a tablet on the aisle seat. Weinstanker... Who sits in the middle, by the way? Well, I would sit in the middle if I was saving the exit row seat for my husband. The aisle seat or the window? Doesn't matter. If I'm saving an exit row seat for him, I'm going to sit in the middle. Interesting. Right? I don't know. What you don't you want to sit next to your husband or well, your wife? Yes, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just like picking the middle as opposed to I'm going to sit in the window and put it in the middle. Oh, my I tablet see. in the middle. You can save the middle seat or the other way around. That would probably be a better strategic. But if decision. you sit in the middle, you maximize opportunities for saving. <laughs> True. A, a passenger who boarded before the couple, like you said, a Weinshanker told her. Uh, uh, just a reminder, ma'am, uh, Southwest has an open seating policy. Could you move that tablet so I could sit in the aisle across from my wife? She burst into tears when her boyfriend boarded, saying that Weenshanker had intimidated her. And he, he says we had to buy her all kinds of alcohol to get her to calm down. Good Lord. <laughs> okay. That's, well. a, that's a fake tear in the sky story. Yeah. I mean, if you can't handle somebody challenging you over saving a seat, then you don't deserve to save a seat. Or that's a br brilliant ploy to get free drinks on a Southwest Airlines flight. 
what, be a little baby? Yeah. A little Cry. toddler about it? Shed a tear. That's all it takes. Speaking of being a baby, Swamp Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch 2017. Gary and Shannon. 12.30 every day we jump into the swamp that is Washington, D.C. Talk about what's going on there. And it looks like we are going to avoid a government shutdown, at least going into the holidays. ABC's Allie Rogan is joining us from D.C., the latest on what's going on. Allie, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm happy to be your designated swamp person for the day. Uh, keep those waiters up high. Yeah. What's uh, what's going on? Doesn't look like we're going to see a shutdown. No, I think a shutdown is has been averted. Not for long, though. Uh, House Republicans are going to be voting in just a few hours on a four-week measure to fund the government at its current levels. Once they pass it, it'll head over to the Senate side, where they will pass it in short order, and then likely all get on planes and go home for the holiday break. What's the feeling like right now on Capitol Hill? Is it still as energetic as it was yesterday? I think that's the most excited I've ever seen Paul Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, Republicans are certainly energized. This is a huge win for them. And now they get to go home and sell it with their constituents. Democrats, of course, are, uh, you know, as frustrated as you might imagine they are that they were able to uh, Republicans were able to pass this uh, tax bill. But that's the way it goes. Republicans are in power. They do have this new fight, though, over uh, the government funding when they return in January. And Democrats are hoping that they have a little bit of leverage here to extract some concessions from Republicans that they really want. Like what? What are, what are they working on? Well, Democrats, first of all, have been working actually with Republicans on a long-term solution to the DACA program. This is that uh, program for the children of undocumented immigrants who came here with their parents. President Trump announced that he was going to be uh, getting rid of the program. It expires in March. We think that Democrats and Republicans here on the Hill are going to have a deal that they can vote on together in January. Uh, But a couple other things Democrats uh, say that they're going to be negotiating on is uh, they, uh, first of all, Republicans in the Senate need at least eight Democrats to pass anything in in, uh, that chamber. So they're going to have a little more leverage in this uh, next government funding fight. The disaster aid package funding I thought was interesting because Republicans wouldn't have had the, what was it, 217 Republican votes that they would need so they started adding things like, um, how about some billions of dollars for hurricanes, Texas yep. and Florida, billions of dollars for wildfires, California. Maybe we'll get some Democrats that way. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what they did. Uh, it remains to be seen whether that's going to get any Democrats in the House, because just looking at the math, Republicans in the House can pass this thing on a uh, party line vote. They don't actually need any Democrats. But then, of course, you're a Democrat voting against a, uh, uh, a disaster bill. But then in the Senate, it's a little different. Uh, they need certain levels to get those senators from uh, Texas and California and Florida. So uh, you're going to need um you're you're going to need some bipartisanship there, uh, but it's going to really remain to be seen whether or not that disaster bill. We think it's going to get through the House, but then it's sort of uh, any anybody's guess about how the Senate deals with it. 
So interesting. We just came off this Roy Moore defeat in Alabama, right? And we were all talking about, oh, this is going to be a centerpiece of the midterms. And then the the Republicans finally get a legislative victory with with the tax reform measure. And now it's, oh, they're going to carry this momentum into the midterms. And there's just so much that can change by next year. Oh, by next week. You know, it's it's just it's whiplash up here. And I think you're seeing a lot of high highs for Republicans and a lot of low lows. Certainly the Roy Moore stuff, that's going to be any any Republican who ever said anything that wasn't totally condemnatory of Roy Moore is going to end up in Democrats TV ads in the 2018 cycle. And Democrats can also start immediately criticizing Republicans for this tax bill, assuming those benefits, uh, if they do appear, it's not going to be immediate. So Democrats, I'm sure, will be saying, hey, where's the benefits from your tax cut that Republicans promised you, even though it hasn't really been that long? But you're absolutely right. Between now and November of next year, who knows what's going to happen? So there's a lot of fodder on both sides to cite as they get ready to run their races. Allie, thank you. Thank you. You bet. Allie Rogan there from ABC News, the latest on what's going on in this government shutdown stuff. The other thing is this is an we're talking about hours now. We're not talking about this is, you know, a week or two in the making. There are hours left before members of Congress uh, boot scoot out of there and get uh, home to their districts because they are short timers as well. I mean, just that they are ready to go on vacation. Remember that time you were on house arrest? Yes. Did you ask the federal officials if you could get a pass on your house arrest to go to the Hamptons for the holidays? Uh, It wasn't the Hamptons, but yes, I remember when I asked to go on vacation. It was northern northern Nantucket. Now a true story. No, it's not true. Oh, okay. I never asked to go on vacation. Well, somebody connected to the Trump organization, organization, administration, has asked for permission to go to the Hamptons. did he get it? I'll tell you. Gary and Shannon after will the break. We'll continue with Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon, we've got a situation in Riverside. Uh, wildfire burning in the Santa Ana River bottom near downtown Riverside. Looks about just 10 blocks from the Mission Inn. Uh, high winds, they say, are hurling embers onto trees surrounding properties. There's sporadic spot fires that are stretching personnel very thin. A Riverside Fire Department division chief has put out a request for 10 engine crews from any agency in their area to provide immediate assistance. Uh, evacuations now uh, have been ordered for residents on Indian Hill Road, Glenwood Drive, Loring Drive, Mount Rubidoux Drive, and Miramonte Place, according to Riverside City Fire. Looks like a woman was trying to uh, keep the fire from igniting her rooftop on Redwood Drive. She's fallen, broken her leg. They said the fire started about an hour ago, a little more than an hour ago, along Indian Hill Road. Uh, people who live in the area say that there are dozens of homeless who live in the area where the fire started. So, I mean, it was exceptionally cold last night. So there's a possibility, I guess, that this could repeat what we've seen in other places where the fire was burning. uh, The fire started, I should say, by a a homeless encampment or at a homeless encampment. That's uh, close to Solar Max, isn't it? It is. Downtown uh, Riverside. Yeah. That's a good point. 
They said that there are evacuations, like you said, Glenwood, Miramonte, Loring, and Mount Rubidoux Drive. Uh, if you're in the area and you can see or smell that smoke. Oh, and you uh, can see it because it's... It's all over. Yeah, um, and the, you could see how high the winds were blowing or how fast the winds were blowing. Too. You be prepared, and we've said this before. We've said this several times in the last three weeks now. If you can see or smell the smoke, this is a great opportunity for you to uh, potentially get ready to go in the uh, in the event that you need to evacuate. There is a little reservoir, it looks like, right nearby. I don't know which one that is, but the helicopters have already started coming in and uh, scooping up water, and they'll be dropping they'll be dropping the water from the helicopters onto the fire. But again, in this uh, river bottoms there, in Riverside. So if you see that, make sure that uh, you pay attention to it. It looks like they've already dropped some fire retardant in different areas, just based on the the helicopter shots that we've seen, the the very red stripe of retardant that's been in different areas. So. They're on this thing. Yeah, right it away, looks like it just uh, you saw the embers just go from palm tree to palm tree. And again, uh, evacuations there. Indian Hill Road, Glenwood Drive, Loring Drive, Mount Rubido and Miramonte. All right. We'll keep an eye on this. We're talking about um, we're talking about Swamp Watch. What's going on in Washington, D.C.? I mentioned this earlier. The U.N. voted 128 to nine today to condemn the U.S. Embassy move to Jerusalem, even after Nikki Haley said, don't do that. When a nation is singled out for attack in this organization, that nation is disrespected. What's more, that nation is asked to pay for the privilege of being disrespected. In the case of the United States, we are asked to pay more than anyone else for that dubious privilege. I got to be honest with you. I kind of I agree with her. We're paying the vast majority of money for the U.N., we continue to. We have for the longest time. And then they turn around and, you know, give us the middle finger. Okay, you guys want to set up the U.N. somewhere else? Feel free. That's fine. Paul Manafort wants to go to the Hamptons for Christmas. Who doesn't? His legal team asked the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., through documents to allow the former chairman of President Trump's political campaign to change the terms of his house arrest to allow him to spend five days this month at his Bridgehampton home for the Christmas season. That sounds nice. That sounds nice. (laughs) He was charged with money laundering and lying about his work, advising a Russia-friendly political party in Ukraine. Currently under house arrest at his condo in Alexandria, Virginia, being watched by GPS monitoring. Well, I mean, part of it is he's telling them where he's going to go. He said that he's got family members visiting from California, Illinois, Connecticut, New York in to celebrate the holidays. And his legal team, now this is the important part, because the legal team says that mandating he stay in Virginia splinters the family's regular religious celebration. Oh, well, that's not right. Well, then maybe you shouldn't have broken the law. It's just one of the story that highlights the difference between the rich and the poor. How many poor people are under house arrest that would like to go spend the holidays somewhere else than wherever their address is that they're under house arrest? They don't get attention from the from the courts. No. The U.S. District Judge stated that the request would be agreed upon with certain conditions. For example, Paul Manafort would have to provide the court a detailed itinerary of his flight schedule, specific dates, times, and addresses of visits with his family in East Hampton, and the date, time, and addresses of any religious events that he and his family plan to attend on Christmas Eve. And he's got uh, 
I think he had yesterday afternoon was the deadline for him to file all of that stuff with the uh, with the court. Uh, President Trump, according to the White House press secretary, has no intention of firing special investigator, special counsel Robert Mueller. Sarah Huckabee Sanders said for the 1000th time, we have no intention of firing Bob Mueller. She has, however, questioned the legitimacy of the investigation into the Russia ties and said that Congress should now be looking into allegations of wrongdoing under the Obama administration. This thing is drawing on, and uh, there is a chance that you're going to see more pressure, especially in the beginning of the year, that if they don't start um, seeing some specific evidence of collusion, that this thing wind up relatively soon. Coming up next on the Gary and Shannon Show Tech Talk with Mark Saltzman, we're going to talk about all things tech, including Apple confirms, yeah, we are slowing down older iPhones. What of it? That's not nice. I just thought that would be something that people said if they had old iPhones. We'll talk about it. There's somebody suing Apple over this, oh, by the well, way. Oh, in that case, saying it's not it, nice they're, Apple's just trying to force people to buy the latest iPhone. We'll talk about it all coming up next on Gary and Shannon. And I want to feel something again. I just want to feel something again. How's it going? Per usual, looks like firefighters are kicking A at this uh, wind-whipped wildfire near downtown Riverside. They say it's roughly 45 acres. This is uh, an area of the Santa Ana River right along where Mission Avenue goes over, Mission Inn Avenue and Mission Avenue, whichever one you want to call it. And it's sort of just south of Lake Evans. That's that body of water that I was watching the helicopters dip into. There's a a good grassy tree-filled area there that's Really, the the major part of where this fire was burning, a lot of palm trees in that area. And then once it skips over Mission Inn Avenue to the south, it goes through Mount Rubido Park. And there's really nothing in Mount Rubido Park to burn other than grass and brush. It's that the neighborhood on the other side, you know, everything along Redwood Drive there and uh, Glenwood Drive and Alice Place and Miramonte Place, all of those places are right next to that brush. Yeah, Miramonte Place, Glenwood Drive, Loring Drive, Indian Hill Road and Mount Rubido Drive have all been placed under mandatory evacuation orders. And if you see, I mean, we've we've seen this in the last several weeks, the, the, the speed of the wind, the velocity of the winds that come through there are burning these embers, or should say blowing these burning embers in for hundreds of yards up to a quarter mile half a mile in some cases and remember uh the the guys up there fighting the thomas fire were anticipating this wind event and they were saying you know what this is when we'll face a test and we're going to face a test probably throughout southern california today with all these but look at that shot right there on sky five that that's it just shows how many sporadic spot fires there are and those and the palm trees unfortunately that's where this fire is burning right now is in all these palm trees because of just the nature of the palm fronds themselves you can get a part of it on fire the rest of it based on just the wind will blow away and you've got basically a torch that's flying for hundreds of feet or yards and landing on whatever um, you mentioned there was a woman trying to save or trying to prevent any of these embers from burning her roof, and she fell off the roof and broke her leg. Yeah. And they had to get an ambulance in there for that. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. Again, this fire right now, at least, is at Mission Inn Avenue and Redwood Drive. And uh, it has been for them. It's been attacked completely by all of the fire crews in the area, but it is still burning. And it uh, because of the wind velocity, it has a potential to get pretty crazy. They're fighting this thing from the ground and from the sky with water dropping helicopters there on site pretty quickly. And like you've mentioned, there is that nice body of water right there. So uh, it should allow them to to hopefully make quick work of this. All right. Well, it's Thursday, one o'clock. What does that mean? Blake, what does it mean? The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk, brought to you by Skynet. We need all those little guys fighting fires now is what we need. Well, on Thursdays, we get to welcome in our friend and tech genius, Mark Saltzman, tech columnist for USA Today, among other outlets. And you can follow him at Mark Saltz, Mark underscore Saltzman. Mark I with love your walk-up music, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So much fun. I thought you were going to say, I love the underscore in your name on Twitter. I also love <laughs> that. I'm filled with love in you the know, holiday season. I, you know, Shannon, I was a little late to the game with Twitter. I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to blow up because I was already overwhelmed with the idea of updating things on Facebook and on YouTube at the time and a little bit of LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't need another social platform. <laughs> sure enough, Twitter didn't just go, not even did it, sorry, not, it didn't go away and it got even bigger. So, uh, there's a, a sports publicist in LA named Mark Saltzman, same Mark with a C, and, uh, he kept getting tech questions. So I felt so bad that I took him out for a beer when I was in town. Oh, you did? Uh, just to say sorry. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah. Well, I'm Canadian. We say sorry a lot. Um, and then, so I'm Mark underscore Saltzman. He looks like a nice guy. Yeah. Except, he's a good guy. Except yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. big New York fan. Like Yankees, Knicks, Giants. I mean, uh, Oh, really? What's yeah. up with that? Mm. I don't know. He looks like a nice guy, but he's just missing something like a underscore. <laughs> he's also missing about 11,000 followers on Twitter that you oh, have that he doesn't. Well, we don't need to knock him down. No, he's a Why? good guy. Come on. You stop it, Mark. You know you wanted to punch him in the throat once you met him. Hey, it's my bad for being late on to the game, but uh Did yeah. you uh did you threaten him? I did not. Oh. I did not threaten him. I, come on. I'm like a towering 5 foot 6. What am I going to say? I'm going to bite your ankles? Uh, believe me. If you threatened me, I would think uh, if you did it with sort of a prison crazy look on your face, I would think that you were capable of gutting That's me. That's so I don't scary. think I've ever seen an angry Canadian, like a threatening bad guy. That's fine. Take away our poutine. We'll be upset. You know there what poutine is, right? I don't even want to know. That's, it, poutine is a the f- French fries covered with cheese curds and gravy. It's now becoming like a staple in American yes, restaurants. Yes, it is. Yes. Poutine. It's if you're everywhere. really French, you say poutine, but that just sounds odd. Yeah, it's delicious is what it is. Mark. Yeah, maple syrup. Mark, well, Mark uh, joins us for our cooking segment every day. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Are we supposed to be talking about technology We here? have to talk about Apple and the big news that, yes, we are going to slow down the older phones. Yes. You know, so they finally admitted that they do this. But it's, in their defense, they say it's so your phone doesn't shut down. So here's the deal. Uh, John Poole, who's the founder of a software company called Primate Labs, did some testing and found out that uh, when push comes to shove, an iPhone that has an older battery, so a slightly older iPhone, uh, is p- being purposely run slower on the operating system side um, that Apple has never come clean about in the past. So the way he found it out, by the way, was putting in a new battery, which isn't something we're supposed to do, but he 
opened it up and he had a new battery put in and then the performance peaked up, not just the battery performance, but the whole processing performance. There's a way to measure it, right? So he, he confronted Apple about it and they said, yep, you're right. We do purposely slow down the processing power of older iPhones to make sure they don't unexpectedly shut down. So this is something that Apple has not come clean about until just this this week. So what does that mean for you? Well, if you have an older iPhone and it's been rumored for years, people say, is it, you know, is it a, is this a, um, uh, what's the word when you uh, conspiracy, is this a conspiracy where Apple purposely slows down my old phone? So I have to buy a new one. Sure. And, and so I, I don't think that's the case. They defend why they have to slow down the performance of, so the battery can handle the new operating system. So it doesn't really mean much, I think to us as a consumer, cause we don't typically would open up a phone, an iPhone and put in a new battery. So you kind of got to live with it. There's some things you can do to try to speed up performance. Uh, but yeah, at least Apple admitted it and they said they're trying to work on a fix as well there's on a, top of that. There's a guy in LA, a guy by the name of Stefan Bogdanovich, who has filed a class action suit uh, against Apple. Because of mm-hmm. this? Because of this. He claims, excuse me, he claims mm-hmm. Apple's uh, tactic of slowing down these uh, uh, causes users to suffer. Well, listen, yeah. I, and I, I understand the, at least the thought of the conspiracy theory where they're trying to get you to sure sure you you get so annoyed by it you think i'll just get a new phone exactly. and we'll can fix all the problems well last week you guys remember when we were uh we went to uh, valencia for an hour i had a problem with my iphone it's a it's a six uh where it kept acting as if i was shutting uh you know closing the phone turning it off just to put it in mm-hmm. standby mode mm-hmm. it was doing it every minute or two and I was to the point where I said, "Listen, I'm just going to get a new phone today because I can. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm ready for the upgrade thing." It turns out, a quick internet search, 20 minutes later, I had the phone working fine. It was a known glitch; it was easy to fix. But I thought, well, that's brilliant of them just before the holidays to start throwing out this little glitch that makes everybody annoyed with their phone. Oh, so cynical. I love it. it was, yeah, I would no, have thought the same thing. It's so many people have tried to connect the dots and logically you're thinking, yeah, this this must be some subversive thing that they're doing. And, you know, they say, no, it's not. And for years they've defended that uh, rumor. They've, they've, they've uh, nixed that rumor, I should say. But yeah, and look, I have a three-year-old iPad that works great. It's an iPad mini until I installed iOS 11. Now it's like bricked. It will not work. So I have to go back to an older operating system. And, and that's because, you know, these newer um, operating systems do require more horsepower that this older iPad doesn't have. So they're in a funny predicament as well. I'm not defending them believe you me it's a company that i don't defend often um but it does make sense that you know the the software and the hardware have to work in tandem and if your hardware is so old that it can't take advantage of the new software then you're you are going to experience these issues so we'll see what happens they said that there will be another um ios 11 update called uh 11.2.0 it's supposed to come soon that uh it should work on older phones to fix the issue on iphone 7s and 6 pluses and stuff mark what can we expect for trends when it comes to tech when it comes to technology that could change the way we do things in 2018 
So I think it's going to be more evolutionary than revolutionary. We're going to keep seeing the things that we're seeing now, a lot more voice interaction. So again, you walk into your home, you talk to Alexa, you talk to your Google, and it's really going to start working with more and more devices. And in fact, we've seen over the last couple of months, you don't have to have that dedicated speaker anymore. Um, there's a, an update to Sony's smart TVs that adds Google Assistant to it. Um, there are thermostats that have built-in Amazon Alexa and Sonos speakers that have that built-in. So soon you're not going to need that one device. You're all, a lot of your smart home things uh, from your clock radio to your your range oven, for heaven's sakes, is going to have that voice interaction where you have access to all of your information by just asking for it. We're also going to see a lot smarter cars. So we've for years, we've been seeing, again, very slowly, but more sensors, more cameras uh, being added to cars. And then Tesla's autopilot sort of kicked it up a notch. Now all the American car companies are catching up things like Adaptive cruise control where you're cruising down the freeway, the guy in front of you slams on his brakes, so your car will now do it to put a buffer between you and the vehicle ahead. So we're going to start seeing a lot more of these semi-autonomous driving technologies that somewhat take over the wheel for you. And then in a couple of years from now, we are going to see, you know, barring any legislative hurdles, we're going to see a lot more self-driving uh, cars being tested, um, especially in states like California where you're very liberal about that kind of stuff. So, Side note about those smart cars. Mm-hmm. Are you Are you eager for that? Would you be willing to volunteer for that? Yeah, I would. You know, I'm a I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy. There's no perfect solution, but uh, the last stat that I read from the you know the the road the transportation authority is that 95 and a half percent of all car accidents are caused by human error. So I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, and there has been one fatality, if not two, uh, so far with self-driving cars. I think we talked about it a few months ago. A guy in California, uh, sorry, in Florida, rather, uh, was was killed by he was playing on his Nintendo uh, behind the wheel instead of um, w- w- looking at the road. And the Tesla made a mistake and it, uh, it changed lanes when it shouldn't have. It's going to happen. But if you think about it, probably every one minute, someone there's a fatality caused by a road accident caused by human error. So I'm willing to give it a shot. In fact, the consumer electric show is around the corner. I'll be in Vegas uh, beginning January 8th, and I've been invited by a couple of car companies to test drive their self-driving cars down the Strip, because Nevada is another state that it, that welcomes self-driving or autonomous vehicle testing. And I've done it once before, but I'm eager to do it again, so I'm going to accept at least one of these invites. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so, sorry for the side note there. but <laughs> No, no, no. It's a valid question. What about you? What do you guys think? I, I don't know. I mean, I love the idea of sitting in traffic and letting especially you know a morning commute where i'm on the road for 45 minutes or an hour i love the idea mm. of someone else paying yeah. paying the most attention but i don't think i would ever feel comfortable just you know turning my back to the road for example flipping up yeah. a newspaper or a tablet and reading while things are going yeah. on around me i would yeah. love that so i sometimes take public transit where i live because i you know i'm a journalist is my day job and i can get an article done each way. Uh, so I would love the idea of being in my own vehicle and having that freedom to work or sleep or, or play uh, or watch Netflix or what have you. But uh, yeah, th- that's a bit, that's a bit much. In fact, where I live uh, in Canada, so self-driving cars are legal to be tested, but the caveat is that you have to be behind the wheel of the car. So that summon feature from Tesla, where you say, Hey, come get me I'm, you know, I'm down on the road, come out of my garage and come down the driveway to get me is deactivated where I live. So that's 
that's the one catch is that you have to be behind the wheel. Um, so there's still, we still have a ways to go, but I expect that, uh, just to answer your question to take, to take off uh, a lot more in 2018. And then finally, things like, um, blockchain and cryptocurrencies. We're going to hear a lot more about that. Bitcoin, as you know, has been, uh, a, a huge, uh, has been, has seen a huge jump over the last couple of years. So we're going to start seeing the big banks really starting to embrace these digital, um, decentralized technologies a lot more as well. Very, very cool. Uh, the mm-hmm. 3D printing, can we talk about this? I've been waiting for 3D printing to take off, and it seems like it's been stalled for the last five, six, seven years. Yeah, so it hasn't really caught on as fast as I think the industry had hoped, that the 3D printer makers have hoped. But the prices are coming down. Now we're seeing sub $200 uh, all-in-ones. An all-in-one is a 3D printer and a scanner in one. So if Shannon comes over for a cup of coffee, I like her mug and I want a, co- a copy of her coffee mug, then I put it in, it scans it, and then it creates it on the spot. We're seeing now under $200 for a scanner and copier in one. Uh, the materials, the consumables as they call it, the plastics or the metals, whatever the, the material is, is also coming down in costs. So I think that we're, it's still early days. It's the Model T Ford days of 3D printing to stick with the car analogy. Uh, but we're starting to see some pretty interesting stuff for additive manufacturing, as it's called, 3D printing, um, and going above and beyond just a coffee mug or a chess piece. But you're going to start, you know, one day, let's go back to cars for a moment. Your car needs a replacement part. So instead of having to go to the garage, to your dealership or, or what have you to get that piece, your 3D printer in the home can make it. And then you just pop it in yourself. Um, I'm oversimplifying it, but if that's if that's where we're at with that, that's we're, we're, it's pretty cool, and it will it will be a big deal. Mark, before we let you go, what was your favorite video game of 2017? Wow, tough call to narrow it down to one. Can I guess? Uh, sure. I, I know guess which one you're going to say. Your favorite was Super Mario Odyssey. Well, it certainly was one of them. I know you're referring <laughs> to my uh, USA Today column. Thank you. Yeah. So I broke out my last column into three sections for kids, for teens, and for adults. Um, just so if you're shopping for, for uh, a little one in your family, you know what's appropriate and what's not. But yeah, so whether you're a, a, a kid or a kid at heart, I thought Super Mario Odyssey was a fantastic game. You know, as much as I love Nintendo, I always roll my eyes when they come out with the exact same game a year or two later as they did just on a new system. You know, it's like the same Mario Kart or the same Zelda game or whatever. But this year, I have to give them props. They did come out with some brand new, uh, you know, leveraging the same characters that we know and love, but uh, but creating all new experiences. So yeah, Super Mario Odyssey, Odyssey, super fun. It works with Nintendo Switch, which is their portable system that can be docked into a station and then you play on your big screen TV. Really fun. You play as Mario in a 3D world and you take off your hat, which is called Cappy, and you use it to defeat enemies or flip switches. You can do a lot of fun things with it. So it's a great little mechanic. Um, great game. Uh, I think it's $59. And, uh, yeah, you do need a Nintendo Switch to play that one. All right. Well, have a fantastic holiday. And to you. Thank uh, you, guys. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate uh, our Thursday segments. I always have fun with you guys. Oh, thanks so much. Would, we, we look forward I, to I them. hope that you are as happy at the end of them as we are. <laughs> Why does that sound condescending? No, no, I mean that, in the, I mean that in the best no, way. Uh, well, I hope so. Uh, you, no, I, I, just, I do. I do feel good. I'm glad you enjoy them, too. 
This is just like a big love fest here. I feel like Cheers. I'm being hugged right now. I feel like a virtual hug. <laughs> virtual I made hug. it techie with virtual. Love it. I, I see what you did there. Cheers, and we'll talk to you in <laughs> you the new it. year. Happy, healthy holidays, guys. Thank too. you. Mark Saltzman there, our, our tech guy and the tech columnist for USA Today. And again, the, um, the best video games of 2017, that's based on his article uh, that we will throw a link up to if you want to go to KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. You'll see that there as well as following Mark on Twitter with at Mark underscore Saltzman, Mark with a C, not just Mark Saltzman, because that guy doesn't deserve. I mean, he does. He's everybody deserves Twitter followers, but looks like firefighters have kicked that thing, uh, kicked that thing down. Yeah, this is uh, there's a fire that uh, started in the Santa Ana River Trail that right in Riverside where Mission Mission Inn Avenue crosses over sort of between, um, I guess, that's Mount Rubido Park and the Lake Evans area. I've already received, we got a Twitter message and I got a couple of emails as well. A lot of people have said that the that area is well known for the, the homeless population that, that camps out there. Right. And that this was probably a matter of time before this was going to happen. We've already seen, in fact, just in the last couple of weeks, stories of homeless encampments being the cause of some of the fires, like the Bel Air fire that we saw a couple of weeks ago. So uh, not a surprise, but it looks like for the most part... Riverside Fire and uh, Riverside County Fire that showed up have been able to put this thing out. 45, maybe 50 acres uh, in that little grassland area. The concern was because of the wind that was whipping through there, the player uh, places like Indian Hill Road, Beacon Way, Ladera Lane, and then north of, uh, or should say south of Mission Inn Avenue along uh, Mount Rubido Drive, uh, places like that, we're going to see embers landing potentially in some of the homes or getting up into the eaves. That was a concern. We haven't seen any news of any homes catching on fire. I've got a couple of stories right here, and they're uh, science-y. Yes. But not like, uh, you know, we don't need to whip out the periodic table here. So they're kind of like, yeah, I guess you could say odd. What kind of, how odd? Uh, Strange. Strange science. It's like weird science. But strange. <laughs> the bananas are going away, guys. There is you a likelihood. Banana apocalypse. That banana apocalypse is upon us. Sometime in the next decade, bananas may disappear. Victims of a fungal pathogen known as Panama disease. The disease is on the march throughout the world, threatening the future of what is the world's most popular fruit. This is potentially the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the way we produce food, specifically fruits and vegetables, because there has been a failure to diversify. When you think of bananas, for the most part in the late 19th century, bananas came in one variety. One it was known as Big Mike, Gros Michel, as they called it. You know Big Mike, right? Sure. Okay. Well, Big Mike was the one specific kind of banana that came out of the it was the the fruit of the masses. Now, the thing about Gros Michel, the Big Mike bananas, was it was sterile. The banana plant that oh. is Big Mike is sterile. Oh no! So you can't crossbreed and this that sort of thing a big mike banana plant you got to take a cutting from that plant and plant it poor big mike now but listen this is taking one plant and then just replicating it over and over again 
it's the basis. So not only are you populated with just a single variety of plant, you are saying that that banana from that tree exactly matches, genetically speaking, the banana from that tree. So not only is it the same variety, it's literally the same genetic material. So when one virus comes in and eats away at that banana, it's going to blast through, like wildfire, pardon the pun, it's going to blast through that one species. Or like sugar-free gummy bears through your intestines. Oh, like that's a fantastic analogy. Thank you. That is a fantastic analogy. So they had to get away from Big Mike and went to a different kind named the Cavendish. The after, Cavendish. After William Cavendish, the Duke of Devonshire. Everybody knows that. Wow, how different. Big Mike to Cavendish. It, yes. That's the opposite ends of the, the name spectrum there. It sounds much more cultured. The problem is, just like William Cavendish was very bad at traveling in the ocean, so was the Cavendish banana. It could bruise easily. Oh, no. It would spoil in the hold of a ship. I hate a bruised banana. So... Anyway, I know that uh, they're fine. Wait, what? Even when they're bruised, but I just don't like the looks of one. A new, a new variant of the Panama disease is going after the Cavendish bananas, and potentially they're saying that if this thing eats through the Cavendish bananas, like the original Panama disease ate through the uh, ate through the Big Mikes, we're just we got nothing to do. All right, have go. you gotten your journal neurology yet this week? Uh, I did get it. I think it's you under my it Christmas cards, though. You haven't looked at it yet? Uh, I've been going through the Christmas cards. This is I have a- to read every family member's, you know, four-page, single-space document about how great their kids are. Do you still get Christmas letters? We have one, and it has become the stuff of legend. One, uh, I've got one, too, and I love it. I love it. Um, but one of my friends sent a card with bullet points. Like, it was just four bullet points of what each family member's up to. I loved it. That was even better. It was perfect. Oh, it's like yeah. Twitter like version. Like little of- nuggets, like your little news nuggets. Okay. Um, all right. I've got huge news coming from the Journal of Neurology or just neurology all about what could make your brain feel and seem and be 10, 11 years younger. I'm in. I know, right? I'll tell you what to eat when we come back. More Strange Science with Gary and Shannon. Some of the stuff we've talked about today. Oh, if you have not heard yet the Elf on the Shelf story from the first hour, that was a uh, that's a classic Elf on the Shelf story. Mom in Texas uh, accidentally put Elfus 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 in the oven. Accidentally, uh, it's a Elfus. great story. Very sad. Very great story. Uh, two people have been arrested, although it looks like one of them was not connected. But uh, two people arrested in connection with a. Australian car attack. Did I just say connected and not connected? Okay, how about this? There was a guy who drove a car into a crowd in Australia and hurt 19 people. He was arrested. Another guy who was arrested was just standing there with three knives in his backpack. Can't do that. And then the Thomas Fire also, 272,000 acres burned, now 60% contained, and the winds are picking up today, so this is going to be an important day. Back to our strange science story about your head, your noggin. A study published in 
the journal Neurology, finds that older people who ate at least one serving of leafy greens a day had a slower rate of decline on tests of memory and thinking skills than people who rarely or never ate these vegetables, which is why you've got to down a plate of leafy vegetables once a day. Keep that brain sharp. Well, then how come we don't have a uh, a, a kale dispenser in the office? We have an M&M dispenser in there. After almost five years, regular consumers of kale, spinach, collard greens, and lettuce enjoy a mental edge that was the equivalent of 11 years in age. They're saying, Fascinating. Though, they're saying that the top tier of leafy vegetable consumers, boy, put that on your business card, started with these cognitive stores that were slightly higher than those in the bottom tier, which would be more indicative of the fact that they've been eating well all their lives, probably, but that over five years, the pattern of mental aging mark, uh, differed markedly in these two groups. Uh, average of 1.3 servings of leafy greens a day, the decline in test performance about half as steep as that of the participants. Yes, ma'am, you, the blonde. Uh, I would say. Um, I'm going to call baloney on this study. Why? Well, think about the people who eat a bowl of leafy greens once a day. Aren't they also going to be the people who don't drink or smoke, the people who take care of themselves fitness-wise? You're saying that this doesn't necessarily prove that it's the leafy vegetables. Exactly. It may be just more generally someone who's going to eat like that is Is going to take care of themselves. Yes. And that's the problem with this. Oh, just don't that maybe they're suggesting that you don't wash down your leafy vegetables with a fifth of jack then they should put that in the study ah well maybe that's in the second half that, what they uh, should have is a study of 10 people all the same age all eating a bowl of leafy greens a day and then having other factors like uh, maybe one likes to get into his scotch. Maybe <laughs> one smokes the reefer. The maybe reefer. one hasn't uh, taken a walk in 15 years. Wow. I'm just saying I'd like to know if it's the leafy greens or just their overall lifestyle. Martha Morris was the senior author of the study. She studies nutrition and brain health at Rush University Medical Center Chicago And she said something that I think every doctor has said at some point outside of Dr. Frankenstein. You do get immediate benefits from eating healthy foods and exercising, and you get long-term benefits. No crap. I I need Dr. Martha to tell me that. We were talking earlier about how long medical school is. You could go to medical school and learn that you get immediate benefits from eating healthy foods and exercising, and you also get long-term benefits. (sighs) Okay. That was a big sigh. When we come back, we're going to tell you about this uh, the story about Mark Wahlberg. I, I can't get over this story. <laughs> I keep thinking about it. It's very, very funny. Mark Wahlberg was at the Super Bowl last year. And as we sat in my living room and watched the Atlanta Falcons absolutely tear up uh, just what looked like an inept New England Patriots team, we thought, for sure, this is over. Well... Mark Wahlberg, it turns out, left early and thought maybe the same thing he, and then blamed it on sickness. He said his, his little boy was sick and had to go, and he missed. Mr. Boston, Mr. Patriots fan himself, missed one of the, wasn't it the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history? Oh, by far. In so, fact, one of the greatest in, in all of sport. And so what's the deal here? 
well, we'll tell you what the deal is. And it was not about his little boy being sick. No, Mm-mm. but it is about his little boy. Yeah. And that little potty mouth the little bastard's got. Wow. <laughs> Oh, That's sorry. the second time that... you've used that word today. Potty? No. Uh... You use that more. Gary and Shannon will continue. You got a little, you can use much more. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Well, Vice President Mike Pence made an unannounced tra- trip to Afghanistan today. Meet with Afghan leaders, visit U.S. troops. Uh, The first to Afghanistan by either Trump or the vice president. Interesting because it's the same day that the uh, U.N. General Assembly voted overwhelmingly to denounce the president's recognition of uh, Jerusalem as Israel's capital, uh, ignoring Trump's threats to cut off aid to any country that went against him. I'm wondering what impact that will have on the Middle East today, if any. Well, uh, Men's Health Magazine has an interesting profile of Mark Wahlberg, former rapper, current actor, and burger mogul. You see how ripped he is? Yeah. He's trying to get down to, what, 5% body? I mean, I didn't stare at the picture like you did, but yes, I saw it. Uh, He missed it. How is he going to be a burger mogul and be ripped like that? Shouldn't he have just a little bit of paunch at least? I mean, he's... He's 46, so there's going to be some punch there. I see what you're doing. Uh, he missed his precious New England Patriots come behind, come from behind win uh, against the Falcons in Super Bowl LI back in February. And he initially issued a plea for forgiveness to his Patriots on Instagram. Remember, he said... My youngest son wasn't feeling well. That was the message that he put on there. So he left the game. It was in Arizona, right? He left the game uh, early because his kid, period. And it made sense. You know, you're thinking, oh, if your kid's sick, oh, like he must have been really sick. That's too bad. But that's the only reason you would leave the game. If he was sick, he would have just stuck around. Absolutely. He barfed in the trash can in the suite and just kept going. Well, now we're getting clarification on what happened. And it seems, well, according to Mark Wahlberg, his eight-year-old little boy threw a complete, full-on meltdown tantrum, an F-bomb tirade. Okay, now, a meltdown is one thing. An F-bomb tirade from an eight-year-old is embarrassing. Legend- that's legendary. Yeah. And it better be at the Super Bowl. Like, if if you're going to—it can't be in the Ralphs. It's got to be at the and Super Bowl. And about the Super Bowl. He's— <laughs> He says, um, at the time, this is again from Men's Health, at the time he told reporters he had a sick son who needed to get back to their hotel, and that's partly true. The Wahlberg family was watching the game in a luxury suite. Oh, sorry, it was in Houston uh, at NRG Stadium while the Patriots were getting pounded. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ray Durham's second son, 8-year-old Brendan, was not handling it well at all. Says Mark Wahlberg, quote, He was spitting out F-bombs and going crazy. It was bad. He was lying down on the carpet. He was very upset. The wife wanted to stay, but Mark Wahlberg says he wasn't having it, and he left with his boy. Um, when when the reporter asks him, well, did your kid learn a valuable lesson? Like, you know, had he stayed, he would have watched the greatest comeback in NFL history, right. probably one of the greatest comebacks ever in sports. 
And Mark Wahlberg says, no, he didn't learn a lesson. He's a vicious, sore loser. He wants the ball. He hates when his brother gets it. When he doesn't get the ball, he goes crazy. He throws rocks and apparently also throws the F-bomb around. Wow. So he should be more of a Seahawks fan. (laughs) It may have been part, well, part of the reason may have been because Mark Wahlberg and his son, who was sprouting out F-bombs left and right, they were sharing a luxury suite. With the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. Right. That's embarrassing. You can't that's, have that. No, that's quite embarrassing. That's like when when we, you know, uh, are allowed to go to the Dodgers suite yeah. and are given a talking to by Don Martin. And we have to give you. And he says, uh, hey, guys, easy. Don't go, go causing trouble in here. It's mostly you, in all honesty. Then why did we both get the talking to? I think he didn't want to single you out, mm. I think. But if you look at the context of the last time we were in that suite at Dodger Stadium and the things you said versus the things I said, I mean, it happened to be at a game that was pretty important, and I just sat there quietly the whole time. Listen, it's the World Series. It's game six. Emotions run high. <laughs> That's not what we were talking about. You know about. what I mean? Yes, I know exactly yeah, what you, you mean. you do know what I mean. But you weren't throwing a tantrum, <clears throat> stomping your feet on the ground oh, in, the, in the owner's box. No, Although the, the the commissioner of baseball did look over at you a couple of times. Well, yeah. Wondering if there's anything that he could do to get you kicked out of the out of the stadium before the end of the game. John. <laughs> well, well, sorry, I missed this one. No. He's <laughs> talking out his fanny. Not true. We got a good story for you. <clears throat> oh yeah, that is a pretty good story. That that one. I think I've <laughs> I think I've told you this story. Which one? Oh, no, I can't. It's not for the air. Things. I don't want to get fired before the first of the year. <laughs> <laughs> now's, now's not the time. Now's not the time. You've had a colorful uh, history, haven't you? I have, yes. Yeah. yes. That's one way to put it. <laughs> so, um, hi. How hi. Good. What are you guys doing today? Uh, well, we just got word uh, there's a uh, new brush fire out of the uh, homeless encampment yep. along the Santa Ana Riverbed. So, uh, Chris San Carlos going down there. Gee, I wonder what caused that. Uh, could be Is anything. Somebody having lunch? Flammable homeless people? Yeah, they would spontaneously explode. It's not out of the realm of so possibility. So now you don't even want the homeless people to eat. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would be one of my first edicts when I'm emperor. And Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, we just got word also the House did approve legislation to keep the government funded into next oh, month. Oh, thank God. So wow. no shut down the Senate thank is expected to vote soon. Yeah, thanks for the breaking news. Who's there? <laughs> Everybody was on the edge of their seats worrying about see? that. <laughs> John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. That, that was a good show. I really liked them. Gary and Shannon. Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.